The moment has arrived. The red light is on. I'm sorry? I'm Dave Van Auken. Maddie Levine here. Ruthless One, L. Dawson. Hey, guys. The heart and soul of the show, Ryan Quinn. Happy to be back, like you said. Jillian the Savage Robertson. Boom. I'm Jonathan Ramakan. We got Bree Eckert. Hey guys. We got my boy Blake here. Hello, people of the interweb. The Fight Bananas Show. Every Tuesday, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Fight Bananas YouTube channel. Hey. What's up, Miss Maddie Levine? How are you? What's up, Dave Van Auken? How you doing? doing How you good. doing? I'm doing good, dude. What are you? You're a New Yorker now? On this a New Yorker? <laughs> I'm married a New Yorker. <laughs> Maybe that's my best uh, mother-in-law impression. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. That's all love I got. It. How you doing? Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the Fight Banana Show. Happy Tuesday, December 5th. We are rolling. The holidays are here. Like I know. It's crazy. Have you even started shopping? Uh, Santa's done at our house. Santa is done? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, but is it Mrs. Claus? It's not you. Um, Mrs. Claus is amazing. You know this, Maddie. Yeah. You stayed at the house. You've been around. She is the leader and she is the captain of the uh, the casa for sure. But come on, you know I uh, we uh, I, I'm I'm pretty good at the Christmas thing. I'm pretty good at the Christmas thing. Okay. I, I I find my little nooks and crannies, and then when I I attack, that's what I do. So uh, we're I doing all right, but we're we're done. Like we're we we don't mess around. This is honestly the best I've ever done during the holiday season. I have like one more to go. I am notorious for starting my shopping on the 23rd. I'm not even kidding. Dude, like I will be like, how Oh crap. You live like that. Dude. That is I, I live, I live on the wild side. <laughs> it's just, it's just like me and a bunch of like single dads at Kohl's <laughs> on December 23rd. Just like trying to figure out our lives. <laughs> By the way, how funny is that for the first time? So everyone's seen it. So I don't want to. So jingle all the way. Like we watch Disney plus 24 seven. Susie's out of town. She's in uh, Boston seeing family. So like, you know, just kind of sometimes when she's out of town, like I just try to hibernate all the kids. I'm like, Hey, we're going Disney plus for 10 straight hours. So I like I jingle all the way. Like it's on Disney plus one of the top ones. I'm like, dude, I got I like, that's a fun Christmas movie. We are all in for Christmas. We got the, we got Buddy the Elf doing his thing every night. We're, we're doing everything. And um, I'm like, we're watching all the way. And I'm like, I know this sounds so crazy. Maybe not. I never seen the movie from minute one to minute, a hundred, like to the end. Like never from beginning to end. Like, I've always caught it in pieces. And when I was a kid, like you never saw, sat down and watched the whole movie. Like my kids don't sit down for the whole movie. They catch it in pieces. Like, and I'm like, man, the movie was like, it just, it was so nostalgia. It was awesome. I loved it, but like, I never watched it from beginning to end. See, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with this. Cause isn't this the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. 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 And you know, the superhero in that movie, right? Turbo man. It's turbo man. Oh my goodness. Who are we having on the show later on? I am married to turbo man. <laughs> married to the turbo man. He's a, he is a real life superhero. The turbo man. He does yeah, have like so. 12 abs. I've seen him. <laughs> he does. He does. I've seen he'll be the on, abs. Uh, he's coming on at 115. So you can be weird with him if you want about his abs. So we got Ross Levine at 115. We got Jillian the Savage Robertson around 2210. It's her show, whenever she wants to come on. We got UFC's Miranda Maverick, UFC Flyer right around 245. And we have a surprise guest around 140, 145. And Maddie, when I tell you guys, 
we're not giving it enough credit, our surprise guest. He is a world champion. Here's another hint. He's undefeated. This yeah. is a high-level guy. This is a yeah. really uh, – he's, like, on top 10 list. He's yeah, on, stud he's, fighter, he's really stud good. fighter. Yeah, he's that'll really be a good. fun I guess one. maybe I gave a lot away with the word. He – I don't know. But he's coming yeah. on the show at 140, 145, too. So we got a packed show like always. I'm excited. It's going to be yeah. good. Plenty yeah. of questions up my sleeve. Oh, I like it. I like it. Are you gonna are you gonna peel back the headlines, Miss Maddie Levine? I will peel back the headlines. You want to do that right now? There's plenty. There's plenty of headlines to get into. That's for I damn sure. It is packed. It is absolutely. It was. It was an awesome weekend. I loved it because I felt like two weekends ago was a little off. Right, there was no UFC, and then right. the PFL thing was on a Friday night. The championship because it was Thanksgiving. It was just yeah. a little off. This weekend was awesome. Like uh, Mike Perry doing his damn thing, the King of Islands. And the, the UFC had an awesome fight night in Austin with people cheering and crowds. It was great. Yes. It, was awesome. it was such a good night. I So Saturday night, <laughs> your girl was at Doja Cat. Mm, 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 mm. You know, what? Do you even know who Doja Cat is? It, is? Did he play with the Backstreet Boys? Was he a part he of the band? Did he play with the Backstreet Boys? Is that not a thing? First of all, it is a woman. Oh, and oh, it is oh, a hip hop artist who put on oh. a phenomenal show. But what the story is, what I'm trying to say is I had to get UFC Austin, UFC uh, fight night uh, in bits and pieces. But from what I gathered and what I've collected, holy crap. I mean, Victor said teeing us up beautifully. We'll definitely talk about that. That the stoppage of Bobby Green. Um that there was wasn't crazy. a stoppage. It was death. Like it was, they started the fight and then there was death. It was what's crazy. That, what's that ref's name? I, I didn't even think to grab his name. Referee name of, let's see. Cause that man definitely lost his job, right? No, dude, they don't lose jobs. They don't do that. Are you sure? Oh, dude. I'm, I mean, at it's what all, point? It's all commissions, and they don't, they don't lose jobs. Have you ever seen a ref get fired from the UFC ever? I mean, I've seen refs get pulled out of cards, like they they fucked up so badly that Dana was like, "You're done for the night." But at what point <laughs> do you say, like, "Yeah, we'll let this guy ref again. He's legit. He's cool." I agree, dude. I love this guy who just. This is one of my favorite people that always. <laughs> dad, hi, dad. <laughs> I like that. Dad I like Mr. In the chat. Mr. Mr. Uh, I was going to say Mr. Levine, but that's not right. <laughs> that's, that is Grimaldi, my friend. Yeah. Mr. Yeah, Grimaldi. Right. <laughs> Turbo man. Turbo man. Actually, hey, that's uh, before a fourth, before uh, Ross comes in. That's uh, I see her down there, the Miss Ruthless one. She had a really cool weekend. She went to an event in Orlando, Florida, Nuka MMA, which maybe she can talk about a little bit. But uh, I do want to peel back some headlines some more. But I always love chatting it up with our girl, Elle Hell Dawson. yeah. Hey, hey. What's up, guys? What's Welcome, up, Elle? my friend. Welcome. Uh, okay. I just have to, like, Dave just aged himself with the so Doja Cat. Who? Oh, so bad. So, he's, so she's not a Backstreet Boy. I Absolutely not. not. Or a Spice Girl, not a Spice. Yeah, girl. definitely not. Oh. Now I'm just picturing Dave at a Doja Cat concert and how ridiculous that would be. Oh <laughs> my god! I have a, a a friends from back in Missouri, and they were like in their like mid to late fifties. Huge Tech Nine fans, like at every wow. single Tech Nine concert, and I think it's that's awesome. Dave, <laughs> Tech Nine? Dave said, Tech Nine at all? No. 
151 Steve, rum? No? Okay. How about Steve Aoki? Does, is Steve okay, Aoki? Is yeah, Steve Aoki. We'll give I actually one. am surprised I know who Steve Aoki is. Like, I don't, that's Very not nice. usually my style of music, but I actually got to see him live. My friend got covered in cake. It was awesome. No. Oh, nice. Su- Susie and I's like second or third date, we went to a Steve Aoki concert. There's a lot of stuff I can't talk about on this friendly show here, but uh, it was a fun time and it was awesome. It was it was an hour and a half of uh, absolute madness. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save those stories for another time. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a look at some of these headlines before our first guest comes on. Um, the very lovely Ross Levine. So, a bunch is going on in the news. Might as well kick it off with Jamal Hill getting arrested. That came out of nowhere. Um, Did not see that one coming. He got arrested for domestic violence. Um, Apparently it was with his brother. We got to bring the details out. Because I I hate that. I I saw, I assumed the same thing that we all assumed. Like, oh my God, like Jamal Hill's beating up women. And it's like, I guess he got in an altercation with his brother. I'm not, I don't know if they've released who started it, what the details are yet. Have you seen anything on it? So- I will say, L, I'll start with what you were saying. Like, shame on so many media outlets yes. for that clickbait. That was yeah. fucking bad. I yeah. fell for it. We, I mean, we all oh, fell yeah. for it, right? 100%. And it's like, dude, what the hell? And I don't want to give away too much, but I am friendly with one of Jamal's friends who is a female. Me too. And, uh, and, okay. It, so I reached out. Yeah. And I was like, if you need anything, I am not afraid to slash someone's tires. Like I will do whatever you need me to do. Like, I'm like, you know, going to bat for this person. Right. And they come back with like, Oh, that's so kind of you. But it was actually has to do with the brother. I never wanted to like run myself into traffic more. Like I was like so embarrassed that I assumed the worst, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I think so did everybody else. Um, But from what I've gathered um, with headlines, this is all, you know, public information. He and his brother, the night before Thanksgiving, got into an altercation, got into a fight, um, resulting in Jamal's brother getting pretty injured. And I'm pretty sure, now don't quote me on this part, pretty sure his brother was the one that called the cops to get Jamal arrested. Um, Jamal went on his podcast recently and basically said, like, I'm not, I've been advised, he did the line, I've been advised to not speak about this. Yeah. And but he kept saying, like, I look forward to the truth coming out in court, yeah, which is advised typically. Like, yeah, that's tip- like, that's a pretty typical, which is very smart in his. Yeah, I, I just, I it's, got me, it's got me wondering, like, what is the truth then? It, we right. probably will never it. know. I bet this will settle outside of court I with his brother. Nobody's ever going to know. We can speculate all we want. Yeah, but I Dude, yeah, in a I, I have an situation. older brother and a younger brother. Who calls the cops on their brother? Like, I who know. does that? I if know. he got severely injured, that's fair. But yeah, I. Well, it I, sounds yeah. like it sounds like there's some serious family beef going yes. on because, yes. like, to involve the cops, it's like, yeah, ugh, that's next intense. level. Like, because you know money? he is the like, UFC light heavy. He was the UFC light heavyweight champion. When you call the cops on him. Like it's going to be big, big news. And like, I, I I would assume you guys seen it. Like you've seen all the mug shots of all these great UFC fighters and MMA yeah. people. Like now Jamal Hill is a part of it. And even like, yeah. you know, and like, dude, I like a dude, big brother, little brother, especially when we were younger, like, bro, we brawled, like we, we fought, like it is what it is. I know it's older and he's a UFC champion and it is what it is, 
but like I I don't know if I would ever call the cops on my brother. Like yeah, I don't. I mean, know. There, there's levels to this, and we'll, we're never gonna bad. know. Like we're never gonna know the full story. I'm just glad that this person me too came I, back I and said too. she's so funny too. Yeah, she's she, so funny. Like she they came back and said like he would never do that. Like you know went to bat for him. So I'm, I was, I was glad to hear that part, you know? Um, but yeah, those headlines were wild. So uh, Ooh, I, like Victor, one. I got you later on the Benny Darush take. I have a take for you that I told L Dawson off air. I'm telling you, I, Victor stick with us later. We got a awesome world champion coming on in like in a minute or two. So we're going to like switch it around from Benny, but I have a Benny Darush take that I cannot wait to unleash later. we got two hours. Oh. Live for two also, hours. I can't give you also, Victor, yes, Elf is the best Christmas movie of all time. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, that's a hot take. We're going to have to do that next week. I have an idea for next week's show, and it involves Christmas movies. That's all I'm going to yeah, say. I love it. That's, that's all I'm going to say, because I think we can have One of my, I, I, I one of my best fun. friend's uh, favorite Christmas movie is The Polar Express, and I have not stopped making fun of her all day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, she it's up it. there. It's up there. It. pretty good. But like, <laughs> She deserves it. Does it start with the, does start with the letter K? Does it start with the letter K? No. <laughs> okay. all right, all right. I love it. I love yeah. it. Victor, hands down, every year that movie is 20 years old. Pure gold. No, it's a, we'll re it's a really old. good movie. It's a tad overrated, guys. Elf is not the best what? Christmas movie. I, I can't give all my hot oh, takes right hot now. Take. Yeah, next week. Can't, uh, I can't give it to you. Dave week. just wants to stir the pot this week. Always. Always. I, I, I don't mean, know who the back who Mrs. Backstreet Girl was. That, no, that, listen, that you're, you're, you're I don't homework, even listen to Doja Cat, but I at least know who she is. Your homework, Dave, is to immediately Google Doja Cat. But I you know what? Do it right now because I need to see your face when you Google her. Okay. And also I, I, I do want to say hi to a, a world champion, a future yeah. two world oh, class we're, world we're champion. And then I am gonna leave for 30 minutes, and then all I'm gonna do is iTunes Doja Cat and spend nine dollars and get her number get her six number one hits. Like that does she have six hits? Before before we bring on Ross, Google Doja Cat right now. I know you have your phone. So you can see I need to see his face. What I she have looks to. like is it D O J O D O A cat two words. This is gonna be great. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what picture is it? <laughs> is it okay to show? She's all red. The, oh, okay. <laughs> She's stealing Jillian the Savage Robertson's gimmick. You can't steal <laughs> Savage's gimmick. Like Jillian Swag. I love that. That's the first picture that popped. That's up. so great. That's amazing. What? Yes. Someone went. She's you went to this concert, Maddie. I did. It was fantastic. Anyway, I think you guys are so young. You guys are so young in your prime. You're amazing. Sorry, not sorry. Whatever. Well, listen, I was in bed at 8:30. Like if it was Saturday, I stayed up to watch the fights. Sunday, I didn't even make it to the last football game. I was in bed at 8:30. I put the kids to bed. I'm like, guys, I'm going to bed. See you. My wife's away. Like, I should have like been eating ice cream by myself, watching Home Alone one and two back to I'm like, no, I'm going to bed. Like that was my mini vacation. You ready for our first guest, my friends? Yes. Sure, okay. I'm always ready for this guy. So you might recognize him from Glory Kickboxing. Okay. You might recognize him from Karate Combat. You might recognize him from my Instagram page. <laughs> Ross Levine, welcome. Let's go. Oh, and Coco Bean. This is the only way. This is the only way to do interviews without her losing her absolute mind. 
That's so, yeah, that's valid. So that's Coco's going to answer. She's fielding questions. Anything you'd like to know about Coco? Does she look like a a baby hippopotamus? Yes. <laughs> there's th 35, 40%. I would say, yeah. Yeah, there's, a, there's some and of that. Yeah. He says baby She's hippo. I say Yoda or E.T., like a mixture of the two. You like know? if a hippo and Yoda and baby Yoda had a baby. Exactly. Exactly. I think Dave, I, Dave wanted to say hi to you though and give you some well wishes. Yeah. I'm also yeah, not, I'm not, I'm not following through on this interview if Dave doesn't stay. So. Oh, snap. You have to stay Dave. Okay. Wow. I guess, I guess he is, he's staying. He is the world champion and I saw him out of kind of fight camp. He had like 12 abs. So I, I just like, I just put my hands up and whatever Ross wants, you know. You're supposed to look scary right now, hun. You're going. You have a fight week coming oh, this up. Is, the this is scary. Trust me, this is scary. This <laughs> is scary. If you can see, if you, the fact that I'm so relaxed, uh, like, that, you know, twelve fair. days out from my fight, I'm about to tear this man apart. Well, so this is really cool because this is your first fight at 205. You, mm -hmm. I mean, the thought of you fighting at 170 ever again makes you want to vomit. So I'm glad you don't do that anymore. 185 seems to be your bread and butter, but are you low-key excited to try out the light or the heavyweight division for karate combat? Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was a little not nervous, but anxious about it um, and anxious in a good way. Like I'm excited for it. There, There's a whole new set of challenges that are presented when you move up weight classes. You've seen a lot of fighters move up weight classes and be not so successful, but you've also seen a bunch that move up and they are wildly successful. So, you know, I, um, I'm certainly leaning towards the latter. I feel incredible. Um, my weight is perfect. You know, I'm, I'm eating a ton every day. All of my workouts are like absolute barn burners. So, um, you know, it's like people who understand the fight game understand that the last like two weeks of training camp is really all about making weight. I mean, you're just, you're just depleting and every workout is worse than the last. And then you just have to like hope that you refill properly and everything clicks on fight night. I don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, this is everything. I just get to walk in there and do what I normally do, what I've been doing for the last, you know, four weeks, essentially, I've already been on weight. So we're good. I definitely agree with you that it's, it's an easier process when you don't have to cut weight. I've also been on the other side of the coin where when I don't cut weight, it almost feels like I'm not fighting. Are you experiencing that at all? Do you feel like you're lacking like some of that hunger that you have when you do fight at 85? No, definitely not. So I, I do know what you're talking about because I think at times um, I have felt like this is almost too easy, you know? Um, and I, I have a, number one, I have a great support system. Obviously Maddie is, is on my behind 24 seven, but I also have an incredible team that does not let me slack off. You know, uh, the times where, I do feel like I almost didn't have to push myself because I wasn't trying to make weight. I had to change that mentality of like, no, I need to push myself because I can, right? I physically can push myself and just murder myself every training session and get the most out of myself at this weight class. So I've been very fortunate just that, you know, my teammates don't, um, you know, they hold me accountable and my team holds me accountable and, and I hold myself accountable. So um, I totally get what you're coming from. And uh, thankfully, because of all those reasons, I'm very in tune with this fight and I'm ready to put on a damn show. Awesome. My first yeah. one, we have a great dog question. So I definitely want to make sure Coco is definitely involved. But I, I think it's a good fight question. And it's to me, a can turn into a conversation piece. Ross, this is a karate combat. Seems like they're making big moves, right? They've had a mm. really exciting last month, you know, to six weeks. 
Um, seems like this is going to be probably their biggest show to date, Las Vegas, and then their main event, Anthony Showtime, Pettis, and Benson Henderson. But you're a sitting champion moving up to weight class to know another champion and they even fight in a big name as well as Sam Alvey, a UFC vet who yep. just had one as well. Do you like, do you like being a co-main underneath Anthony Pettis and Benson Henderson? Like, and it's getting a lot of mainstream and MMA fight. Just a lot of people are, are uh, looking at this card or, you know, would you rather be like, Hey, maybe get me on the next one because I want a main event. Like I want to be the face on the posters. I know a lot of people love that stuff. I would just love your honest take. If what would you rather be of a co-main of a, maybe a bigger, bigger card of a Vegas Pettis Henderson, or would you rather be the main event of your own card? Yeah. Great question. And uh, there's really two sides to this, right? So on one side, I view myself as the main event, right? Um, okay. You know, the, the those guys like Anthony and and uh, and Benson are, are incredible fighters, and, and this is no disrespect to them whatsoever. I'm super excited to watch their fight, but those aren't karate combat rostered fighters. They're probably not going to fight for the organization again unless they're getting thrown a huge bag, which I hope they do because then it trickles down to the rest of us. But, um, you know, let, let's be honest, man. They're the feature fight. That's what a lot of people are tuning in to see. They're the ones that are bringing new eyes to the organization. And I'm going to be there as the guy that everyone that tuned in to see Anthony Pettis, Benson Henderson, they're going to leave saying, who the fuck is that guy? Like he's in, yeah, why yeah. do I know? Why don't I know his Turbo! name? You know, so, so that's really like, that's my motivation. Um, yeah. Do I think, do I think I should have been the main event? I mean, it is what it is. I, I don't think I, I supersede those guys as far as popularity goes, if we're talking just, you know, clicks, you know, are those guys going to get more clicks and more views for sure. And if that's, what's going to drive more attention to this show, then I will gladly co-main event and leave on everybody's mind. So, you know, you got two title fights in karate combat. You got myself, you've got the inaugural women's title, uh, Bantamweight title. So there's a lot of really great names. And I think everyone on this card has a huge opportunity to make a big statement and gain a ton of new fans. How do you, real quick, El, isn't that always my argument with you when I kind of, when I, I'm so pro Conor McGregor, uh, Ronda Rousey coming back, right. Brock Lesnar coming back, because I love these guys on the card, on the UFC card, and Ross, maybe you can double down on this. If they're on the card and then guys like Rob Font and really cool guys, Calvin Cater on the card, and Joe, like all those guys are Grant Dawson and Jillian Robertson, like if, if. Conor McGregor's on the card and Grant's on the card. More people are going to see Grant Dawson maybe more than ever. So I'm hoping Probably. like what you just said with Pettis and Henderson, it seems like everything, at least from what I'm seeing, it's getting a lot of MMA mainstream where karate combat, where hmm. they, they do really well on socials and they still do. But I feel like they never had that uh, main MMA stream um, kind yeah. of promotion. It seems like on this one, they are. And hopefully everyone, like you said, sees Ross Turbo Levine. Yeah, it just it opens up a ton of doors. I mean, sponsorship opportunities down the line. I mean, there's there's a lot of like uh, like mixing that's going to happen, you know, after this event. So I'm looking forward to it. But at the end of the day, I still have to do my job. Like maybe like future big boxing fights. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. We'll <laughs> no kicks. What? On that, on that note with these MMA guys coming over, how do you feel like a guy like Sam Alvey or guys like uh, Pettis obviously has more of a, that karate style background, but a guy like Benson Henderson or a guy like Sam Alvey, that's not really, that's not been their focus. How do you think they are going to translate over into this different rule set in this 
bowl. Like I'm kind of a newbie when it comes to karate mm. combat. I don't know all the rule sets, but it's a very interesting concept to a grappler like me. I don't know how I would even deal with that, that whole scenario. What are your thoughts? And everything. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the, there's, there's very limited grappling, right? So the wrestler doesn't really have the advantage. It's even like takedown sweeps, throws aren't even super high on the, uh, on the scoring criteria. So really? you've seen, yeah, it's, it's more so what you do with it. Um, which I like because I think that makes sense. You know, if you could take me down, but I'm, you know, restricting you from doing any damage and then I get back up because, you know, the referee allows us, it's built for strikers. Um, now, with that being said, the challenge I think for a lot of these MMA guys is in open space, I think it's going to be the same because it's very similar to your, you know, in the, in the cage and you're in that open space and you're in the middle and everything goes. But where things change very, very quickly is when you back up, there's no boundary, right? So you know when you're backing up towards that cage, you see either a logo or a vinyl or the line of the octagon, and you're like, okay, I'm almost there. But it can be, it can work for you or against you, right? You can use that, uh, the cage to get up from a takedown. You can also use it as something to kind of say, okay, I need to move forward, or now it, that signals your lateral movement. When you're in the pit, you don't have that. There is no firm boundary. You have a slanted wall that you are now a live target on. So when wow. you take a step back and it's not like there's any change in color or anything of the pit wall, you step back and next thing you know, you're on your back and you're getting hit with crazy mm -hmm. stuff. So it's really different. Um, and it does take adjusting. I mean, coming from glory kickboxing, I thought like, all right, I'm a karate guy. I'm used to open spaces. And then my first couple fights in the pit were, were challenging. It took me a while to kind of get comfortable. And now I know what I can do, what I can't do. I'm not tentative anymore. So, you know, that's something I'm going to look to take advantage of. Right. You said anything goes in the open space. Like, can people shoot to the legs or is it just throws? Mm. So, yeah. So it's there's no double legs or single legs, um, okay. but you can catch kicks, uh, any type of judo sweep, judo throw. Basically, you can't lock your hands. Okay. Um, but you can go like head, uh, you can go like head and arm, head and hip. You can grab the belt. You can knee tap. Like all those things are legal. Okay. Um, yeah, but more like I think they want to see more judo and karate style throws. And then immediately following up, the only thing different with the ground and pound, it's five seconds only. Uh, hand strikes only for the attacker. You can up kick. Um, but you cannot put both knees on the ground. So it has to be oh. knee on belly or one knee only. Right. So it's it's interesting. It's yeah, it definitely favors the, the striking styles. Absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. It's a striking sport for sure. Maddie, mm -hmm. I think we have some great questions in the comments if you want to take it there. Absolutely, like yeah. Okay. Um, before, before we get to this great um, question, though, that we have waiting in the wings, I do want to ask you about Sam um, and just your thoughts on – he basically got an immediate title opportunity. He has one fight under the Karate Combat banner. Granted, okay, he does have an incredible resume. He's a UFC mm. vet. What were your thoughts when his name came across your desk, if you will, for your next fight? I was fine with it because all the guys above him straight up said no. You know, so if you don't want to fight for the title, if you want to try and cherry pick and say, well, I'm going to fight this guy first and then I'll fight Ross or maybe I'll come to 185. It's like, we're trying to do this now. Like, get to the back of the line. Like, if you don't want to fight, get out of here. So, you know, it's like we literally went through like three or four different fighters and, and offered opportunities. And Sam was the one that was left 
saying, I want to fight. I mean, he came into the organization saying he wanted to fight me. So let's make it happen. You know, I'm, I'm super, I'm actually like kind of grateful because I think if it wasn't for Sam, I probably wouldn't even be on this card. So, you know, yeah. grateful that he was, he's game, he's right. down, um, he's ready to fight. And I know he's going to bring a lot of intensity to this fight. So, you know, definitely not taking anything lightly. I don't feel like he's undeserving or anything like that. We're just going to go and get the job done. This is a this is a hard episode for me, guys, because I want to jump in so hard and be like the wife that's like, fuck Sam Alvey, it's about to go down, right? You know, like, I don't, you can get all this smoke, I don't give a shit. But we're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> what I would you, like, look at you, the professional, <laughs> Miss Maddie Levine. What, look I at really, what I would like to get into on a professional level is uh, your thoughts on his behavior. You, you know, he's smiling Sam Alvey for a reason. The dude is constantly smiling. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Does that bother you? Do you think it's fake? Do you think it's real? I think it's real. First of all, I don't know if you guys can hear this. Let me, let me bring oh, she's. Oh, she's snoring. She's, she's snoring up a storm. She's snoring, thinking about Sam Alvey. She's like, "Oh, this guy." Uh, <laughs> but um, no, um, I I think it's totally real. Uh, I think that is generally his personality. Um, he seems like a very happy-go-lucky guy. However, I do feel like that's where people fall by the wayside because they see him as like he's never been like of a of a great physical stature. He's never been ripped or cut up. He doesn't look like a fighter, if, if you want to say that. And I don't mean that to be, um, you know, disrespectful. Unassuming. But, um, unassuming. Yeah, yeah, very unassuming as a fighter. Um, but he knocks people out. And he will, like, slow you to death. He walks backwards. He invites you in. He's smiling. He's friendly. Hey, we're buddy. Hey, we're going to have fun. This is going to be so much fun. And then he knocks people out. So, like, I'm not falling for none of this stuff. I don't think he's, like, trying to play the game. But I think naturally his personality, like people kind of lull, get lulled to sleep by him or think like, yeah, maybe he's just not really in it. He's just trying to collect a paycheck. Like, no, this dude wants to knock me out and yep. it's going to go the other way. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that take. There's so many good questions in the comments right now. We'll start off uh, with an easy one. Where did it go? It was about our pup. Yeah, dude, mm -hmm. Victor, buddy, keep them coming. I love it. I love a uh, good comment, guys. I can't, keep, I can't keep up with all of them. Where Here, I go? got you. This oh, one. perfect. Yes. What kind of dog is in your lap? She is about 60% French bulldog, 40% hippopotamus. <laughs> she's a frippo. To answer your question, it is a French bulldog. <laughs> she's a, she's a purebred, purebred Frenchie. She is a... She is lilac brindle. Did you lilac just wake her up brindle? for this? No, she's like, she's in and out. Okay. Okay. All right. Here's a serious question. And this is a good one from Dawson. If you had all the money in the world to make a fight happen, who are you matching yourself up with? What is your dream fight? Ooh, ooh man. Um, you know, I used to say when I was in glory kickboxing for a long time, they, they asked me this on my like debut and my behind the scenes interviews, like who my dream matchup was. And it was the current champion at welterweight. It was Cedric Dumbe, right? And I, I still think that would be a great matchup. Just not at 170. <laughs> so no. like I know who that 170. is. Yeah, yeah. 170 ain't happening. Um, but uh, shout out to Cedric. Uh, I believe he's uh, signed with the PFL and getting ready to potentially fight fight this year or this uh, this coming year. So yeah, um, yeah, that would be sick. Um, man, you know, before the Sam Alvey thing popped up, there were a lot of names that were thrown across the desk, and I'm pumped about all of the above. Uh, Leota Machida, Luke Rockhold, Darren Till. 
There's uh, there's rumors of Darren Till looking to come to Karate Combat 185 early next year. So, I mean, those are all great potentials. Those all kind of wake me up in the morning. Um, that's the type of stuff I want. You know, at this stage of my career, I've done a lot. Maybe I don't garner the respect that guys in the UFC have because it's so mainstream. But I think, like we talked about before, Dave, after this event, you know, this is my statement. This is my chance to put myself into the mainstream media, you know, and let people see like this dude is legit and bring other fighters over here to kind of test themselves and, and I can put their careers to rest. Like in Ross, we've talked a you know a lot on air. We talked a lot off air. That that week we in Jacksonville when we were all doing the Game Bread Show was awesome, and I I felt definitely we connected a lot, kind of just connecting and talking and a lot of stuff. And you do come off, and I think a lot of people will say this too, especially with Karate Combat. You come off very respectful, uh, very mature, and very uh, I don't want to say honest to the game, but I think you know exactly what I mean. Like you're very. Mm-hmm solid to the fight game into karate combat. So my question is with Darren Till, a major name, you know, kind of where Maddie just said about Sam Alvey coming over. If Darren Till, like as someone who's, you know, feels like, Hey guys, there's, there's a line there. There's a lineage to fight in big names, a lineage to fighting for the title. Seems like, I don't want to say you're like, Hey, Darren, you're the biggest name. You'll be the biggest payday. That'd be the biggest fight. And it's almost like, that's a little bit off of the, hey, this guy doesn't deserve. And I that's the most mm-hmm. putrid word in combat sports. You know what I mean? But where are you at of like, yeah, dude, Machida, you you versus Machida is a dream fight. Mm-hmm. That is a dream fight. Again, that will get a ton of um, middle, you know, mainstream love. That would be a main event fight. You versus Darren Till is a humongous fight in 2024. Mm-hmm. And no offense to the guys that are already there. And I will get into yeah. this later with Benny Jarush. They didn't do the job maybe good enough to make sure they had that fight with you and made it a big enough fight. So where are you at on that with dream fights and Till and Machida and other guys already in your weight class? I mean, for me, it's fantastic. I mean, it does loads for my career, loads for my career. I mean, financially, obviously, I get a huge, huge bump in pay, you know, fighting those guys. And and that would be very well deserved because those guys have earned that in their careers. Um, just from a bucket list type of thing. And I don't say bucket list in the means of like, I would just so be, I would be so happy to be there. Like, no, I want to compete against these guys. I want to beat these guys. Like I know that my skill level is super high. Um, I just never really had that name to check off where it's the feather in my cap where everybody else recognizes it. I know what I'm capable. I train with like uh, so many UFC fighters have been in the same room with me and be like, who the hell are you? I've been part of so many people's UFC camps that I'm just the unknown. And I'm cool with that. I like that. But now it's time to start putting these guys' names on my record. Um, So, you know, the the tricky part is for them, it's dangerous. And, And I get that. And I'm not saying that in the sense of like patting myself on the back, like, oh, I'm so good. They don't want this smoke. But from a standpoint of like, let's take um, like Luke Rockhold, for example, right? There were a lot of uh, throwing back and forth that name. For Luke to come to Karate Combat and fight me and beat me, he's supposed to, right? In the mainstream media, he is supposed to beat me. So if he beats the world champion in Karate Combat, it's like, well, Karate Combat is like below the UFC, below the PFL, Bellator, in everyone else's minds, not my mind. But if he beats me, it was supposed to happen, move on. His stock doesn't go up. It doesn't go down. He stays where it is. If Luke Rockhold loses to me, when Luke Rockhold loses to me, his career's over. 
You, you know what I mean? Like there's really no reason for him to fight me unless he takes that as a challenge and, you know, would like to, uh, you know, put his, uh, put the rest of his career on the line. But, but in reality, that's the truth, right? Like my stock goes through the roof and theirs is done. Like they can never get back to a big show. They're, they're going to be relegated to misfits cards, you know? So, and maybe that's what they want, but I mean, I, I do see myself as a very big threat to these guys. Um, even though we're close in age, I don't have the mileage those guys have. I'm the unknown. Um, thanks, Victor. I appreciate that. And yeah, I think I'm a dangerous fighter and people are recognizing that. Um, you know, but again, this is an opportunity next weekend for me to put myself on that big stage and have people be like, oh, I want to test myself there too. Awesome. Here, let me run, Ross. Um, I, I thought I was going to come for five minutes. All right, guys. I, gotta, I, I guess I got to run. I got to no. run. Dave's got to run. <laughs> I've got, we have our surprise guest coming in eight minutes. I'm going to post it on our no, socials and kind of get the message out there. Really cool surprise guest. But, dude, you got the best in the business, Maddie Levine, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the ruthless L. Dawson. Ross, you'd be more than fine. Dave, you coming to Vegas? Dude, I was I was planning on it, and then I saw the date. I'm working that date. I got a commentary gig. I, dude, you know me. I was, I, I got the Ross Levine shirt. I'm not wearing it today, but I got the shirt. I got the gray shirt. I was ready. I'm coming. So the wrong shirt today, Dave. I know, wrong shirt. All right. Oh, you hear that? You can't wear the shirt. You can't wait. Wait. I know this about going to see concerts. You can't wear the shirt to the concert you're going to go see. True. I'm gonna wear Ross's shirt next week when he's not on the show. True. Got to plug it. All right, Dave. We'll see you in a couple minutes. See you, Dave. Appreciate you, man. All right, Ross, you're the man, dude. Double Looks champ coming. You got a couple uh, questions here for you. Oh, uh, I clicked one. I just saw it. it was not a question. <laughs> I just thought I was no, kidding. I like this, though. Ross versus Stephen Thompson for nicest guy. Like uh, that. He, he's way nicer than I'll ever be. That's fair. <laughs> he's way just nicer the sweetest dude, isn't he? Like, oh he's my so God. genuine. Um, I've had a couple chances to be around him. He's a man. I'm, I'm definitely like looking forward to get down and train with him. Um, so I was I was gonna get down there and train with him for the Michelle Pereira fight, uh, but it was like right after one of my fights and things didn't work out. And then I wanted to get down and train with him again, but like last minute we signed this fight and he's already in camp with uh, with Chavkot and I can't wrestle like Chavkot, so I'd be a waste of his time. But um, maybe while we're both off camp, I'd love to get down and train with him. That's something we'll do. That'd be so yeah, funny. I'm sure that would be a fantastic fight. His, uh, too, if that ever his dad, his dad's the man, Papa Ridgehand. Shout out to Papa Ridgehand, Ray Thompson. <laughs> I love it. So you actually got a question on Instagram. Where do you mm. primarily train out of and do you coach up-and-coming fighters? Yeah, so my uh, my home gym is Pride Martial Arts in Wakefield, Rhode Island. Coach Andrew Cornell. Um, it, it's it's an awesome gym. We do have a, a bunch of amateur fighters, uh, a couple pros in the ranks as well. And yeah, I, I love coaching. I love teaching. I think it keeps me sharp. Um, yeah, we have tons of fighters that are coming up in the game, you know, rising up and, and trying to make a name for themselves as well. And I love being a part of their journey. And it's so cool to watch everybody grow, too, because, like, I feel like our gym has a lot of, you know, people on the amateur level. And, um, well, I don't know, at ATT, like, is there an amateur level, like, training on the mats? There's, like, three amateur fighters, I think. That's like, crazy. a couple. There's not really. They don't yeah. typically have that. We have, like, a developmental program. But it's it's pretty it's pretty uh, limited. Like yeah. they, you have to apply, oh, and they, they take a few guys in. But yeah, for the most wow. part, it's just pros. That's so cool. That's, I mean, it's it's crazy pros. because you, you have those those big time gyms like ATT, like Extreme Couture. It's like those are not gyms that build someone from the ground up. Where it's like, how many people from ATT started at ATT, developed all their skills there, and then became who they are now as a pro? Probably You'd be very surprised. few. 
You'd be Real, surprised. Really? Um, but it was it was a different era, you know? Mm-hmm. Like uh, some of those guys though, like dude, Thiago Moises has trained at ATT since mm-hmm. he was 16 years old. Wow. He also was fighting at a professional level when he was 16 years yeah. old. Like, that awesome. dude is a stud, you know? <laughs> Pitbull's been there for, gosh, sure. probably over a decade. That past like, generation, yeah. Pedro Munoz. Yeah, so like that, that era of MMA, mm-hmm. I think some of those guys did really come up there. That's but cool. yeah, it's uh, not not so much anymore. It's like, rare. It's, yeah, it's rare. It it has its pros and cons for sure. I mm-hmm. it's definitely unlike any other gym I've trained at. I've mm-hmm. never been to uh, uh, the gym I came from. Like you know, we had recreational classes and stuff like that. So it's a very right. different experience. But it is nice. Also, you know, you get, every day when you show up, you know, you have a high level training partner, no matter yeah. who's, who's yeah. there. You know. It's all depends on your goals too. I mean, like for right now, like I, I just love being, like I said before, being a part of these guys' journey, the guys and girls that are coming up and, and want to be competitive. Like it's super cool that they get a chance to be around me all the time. Like they see me on YouTube and, and TV and stuff. And I'm just a dude in the gym. And like uh, we had a, we had a guy yesterday uh, like followed the pride martial arts page and like saw me on the pride page, but also was a fan of karate combat and just put it together yesterday that I'm the same person. <laughs> like he didn't realize awesome. that I was the guy that, until we were like announcing it. So he's like, Oh my God, this is like, he's like, dude, this is crazy. Like you're actually like a teacher here. I was like, this is yeah, That's I'm, just a, I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude. So it's really cool. I enjoy like that. To, do you think you, you'll end up coaching full time once you stop fighting? I will. Yeah. I think it's a plan of mine to open my own gym and, and start my own thing. Um, but not until I'm done with my competition career. I, I think it's incredibly, incredibly difficult. Uh, there are very few people, if any, that are world champions that actually hold world titles that own their own gym and, and are profitable there as well. So uh, I think I want to give it the attention it deserves um, for me to affect the community. I can't be selfish. I think uh, owning a martial arts gym or a kickboxing gym or an MMA gym is a selfless job. You have to be yes. all in on everybody else. And right now I can't do that when I want to be at the top of every mountain. So, 100%. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when I'm done, that's going to be my next goal. And uh, we'll see where it takes me there. Man, even even these higher level gyms aren't necessarily profitable. Like, yeah, CT's not even profitable. It's just yeah, you got to have people right? who love what they do. Like Dan Lambert has a passion for MMA. Like you have mm. a passion for coaching. Like I 100 percent agree. It's a very selfless, uh, very selfless endeavor yeah. to coach guys like that. You give a lot of your time and, and your energy. Yeah, it's a, it's a scary endeavor, but it, it's it's worth it. I think it'll be yeah. absolutely my, my husband is in the same boat. Like you said, he just yeah. loves loves helping these young guys, especially mm-hmm. when he sees somebody who has the dedication that he had at that, at that time, you know, like, cause we were there, right. Exactly. We were there. Yeah. Does that mean there's a, a Dawson's gym in the future? I, I don't know about that. I think <laughs> he would, I, he has no desire to run a gym. Yeah, he would love lot. to be a coach at ATT. Like yeah. when he retires, he would love, like he would love to be the next Mike Brown. 100%. Well, he, he did, or he was with the, uh, the, English Maddie, he was at the show with you over the weekend, right? That yeah. You, the show? Yeah, was so, he coaching uh, or no? Do what? Was he coaching? No, no. He just oh. came up to hold my camera. And he, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I know what that's all about. He had to come to Orlando that. with me. But that was such a cool experience. And he really enjoyed that. Like some of the younger fighters recognized him and got yeah. really excited. And that's always a great yeah. It's, it's a great like feeling, that. you know. Stuff like that is awesome. Ross, this is the per- perfect uh, question to end on here. How active do you want to stay in 2024? Very. I mean, uh, I would – well, I told Karate Combat when I re-signed because um, earlier this year I re-signed a brand-new contract for, um, for four more fights. 
And I told them I want at least three this year, and this is only my second. So, you know, it's been slim pickings um, in the division. The rosters just need to get built up a little bit more. And it's like there's just been bad a string of bad luck. Like everyone in the middleweight division that was coming up, like would get one fight away and then lose. And then they'd get one fight away and lose. And like three different people were like, ooh, they're next. And they would lose. So it's like, damn, I just no one's really put a string on, which says a lot for the division. There, there's talent in the division. It's just there's no one that's really ready to take that next step and and be a, a title contender. Um, so for me, I would love to have three fights next year. And uh, if that means bringing in bigger names, then that would certainly be the goal. And I think Karate Combat seems to be on board with that. But all that's well and good. But I have to get through Sam Alvey first. So the focus is 100% there. And then we'll talk about 2024 and 2024. Awesome. I'm so excited for you. And it's going to be so fun fighting in Vegas. Let's go. Yeah. I feel like uh -huh. I'm fighting. Do you notice that? I'm like, we're fighting. Like, yeah, we are. We are. Vegas. We uh, are. Be before we let you go, let's bring Dave back on. Dave. Uh, hi, sir. I Welcome thought we were back. bringing Coco back on. Okay. okay Coco. We'll bring Coco back on too. But I think uh, the Levines are going to peace out. We're going to go take Coco for a walk. And then uh, the special guest is ready for you guys. A surprise guest. I'm waiting. <laughs> drum roll. She's drum rolling. Coming from Fight Fanatics. We can't wait. We can't wait, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm super excited. Um, I haven't been to Vegas since I was 16, partying in the clubs at 16. So I'm pumped to get back wow. there and Five do, some, years ago. do some freaking damage. Five years ago. Ha. Yeah. All those grays definitely show say five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm funny story, Jack, I'll tell the story later when you're off there. I love the hey Dave, is that the gray? Remember the sun? Oh, okay. Yeah. Story. All right. A lot of gray of hair up there. Silver ass, Fox. Grab, the, grab the title, grab the two titles, and do the uh, you know, yeah. There you go. You got camp, it. Camp dance. Uh L, super nice to meet you. I I watch you, you guys so all the time. You got the the head banana and the bananettes. It's awesome. <laughs> oh my god! Never say that to me again. Oh my god! That's what that's what Dojo Cat would say. So I, I get it, Ross. I'm out of here. Cat. Goodbye, right. sir. Put your later, Ross. Later, Matty. You guys are the best. See you guys. L, we got a we got a good one coming in. You know, absolute monster coming in the show. Do you want to do the introduction? You want to do that stuff? You 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 do it. You take it away. You're you're the, you the professional. Dude. He's a teammate of yours, all right? He's undefeated. He's a world champion. Uh, they just made major moves. Uh, Bellator being bought by PFL, so there's so much stuff to be talked about. But I think, I've been saying this for a uh, while, Grant's been saying this for a while, maybe the greatest middleweight MMA fighter on this planet right now. Let's bring in Johnny Evelyn to the show. What's up? Johnny, what's up, brother? Uh -oh. oh, I can't hear we don't have any sound. No sound. <laughs> okay. Man, that was such a good intro, too. I thought I nailed it. Killed it. Killed it. No. But maybe come off and come back in. We'll get you. We'll get you. Yeah. We got you. Don't wreck, dude. Don't wreck. Yeah. There we go. We'll bring it back in. We'll bring it back in. I can't do the intro again. That was all I got. No, it's all good. It's all good. We'll just, we'll just slide him in. That's all but. I got. Uh, I, I actually really want to talk to him about uh, Nuka and like, cause he's a college, he was a high level college wrestler, has a lot of experience with that. He knows a lot of the college wrestlers. I'm very interested to get his take on what a college MMA league would look like. Ooh, okay. So we got, we got Nuka to talk about. We got, when is he going to fight again? Who is he going to fight for again? Uh, you know, PFL Bellator. There's like so much and he was there, there a lot. So like they flew him. To New York City, they realized how much of an asset he is and, and, and was. 
So I know they are they got high regards for Johnny. So let's bring him back in. Let's see. Hold on. Is it is it working now? Yes. Johnny, we got sound, brother. We got you. We got you. That's good. I don't know why hey, we didn't have sound earlier. That was weird. No worries. That's all good, brother. Hey, champ, appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate you. No problem. No problem. Just got done. Uh, I was smiling earlier today. Then went and got some sushi with uh, K-Rock. She just got a big win in Combate Global. Um, got, got sushi with her and my girlfriend. And uh, now now I'm heading back home. I was just, brother, I just saw your socials. I just saw that in your IG story. Literally last week on the show, I, I got K-Rock uh, Sushi uh, down there and I, actually up there in Biloxi. I got Grant Nell Sushi down there. So the next time I come down south, Johnny, I'm taking you and the girlfriend out. We're getting sushi, brother. I got you. I love it, man. Sushi. I'm down. Right. I love sushi. Cool. Can't I'm sure Johnny eats more sushi. sushi than Grant, so you might have to, you know, load <laughs> I not say that? Is I'm he going to order a 14 I'm a little bit bigger. I'm a little bigger. Little. Uh, Grant's a heavyweight at heart. You know that. Grant's a heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. He loves to eat, man. That, that dude can put down some food. I've seen it. And some Dr. Pepper. I'm sure I'm sure you earned the sushi too. I don't know if you know this, but Johnny comes into the gym on sparring days and spars twice as many rounds as anybody else there. Comes in, does five with Yaroslav, does three with Grant, does another three. You know, he'll come in and do 10, 12 rounds every day. That's whenever they have the the sparring split up. Uh, late now they have it at one time, so I can't really do that as much. But usually they have like big guys go earlier than the the, right, the smaller right. guys, so they'll have ten o'clock sparring and then eleven o'clock sparring. I'll just go to both sparrings and get my rounds in for the day. So one of my favorite American Top Team stories, and L, this was before you and Grant moved down there, and Johnny, I I think maybe it was before your time. Not too sure. I was down there maybe five years ago, four and a half years ago, and it was a sparring day. And it was a great time doing some interviews and shit like that. And in the big ring was um, JDS and Rosenstruck. And oh. it was like uh, kind of six weeks before they're going to fight. And it was just one of those times that, like, there was no word said. They just gave the glare and they just went after it. I swear to God, it was a pay-per-view fight. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Especially, you guys know the noises more than anyone. There's no one in there. There's no fans in there. There's no one. It's like, bam, bam, bam. It was like, holy crap. I'm watching this for free right now in Coconut Creek. It was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, you'll get some free pay-per-views uh, when you come yeah. into ATT, man. Uh, especially yeah. in the big cage. Um, you know, you'll get some people watching and, you know, you'll get some teammates, you know, chiming in, saying some things, kind of coaching each other. And um, it's a good atmosphere, man. It's it's kind of fun. So I like uh, get, having sparring days and, you know, having people around the, the cage and kind of, uh, you know, are engaged into the, the sparring. It, it makes it more fun. For sure. Um, all right. I know L's got a couple of cool things for you. But before we do that, the big, huge elephant in the room uh, Bellator was purchased by PFL. They fly you up there to New York City. It's their, you know, their finale, their championship no, night. Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. My fault, man. Yeah. The New York thing. That was two years in a row. My fault. Washington, D.C. They fly you up there. You know, they definitely have eyes for you. They got those googly uh, eyes for you. They know how your stardom. They know your talent. Have they talked to you? What's going on? Have they told you anything? What you got anything at quarter one? Any training camp? What's going on with PFL and Bellator and yourself personally? Um, nothing that you guys probably don't know. I, I mean, I watched the the MMA hour with Don Davis. He kind of gave a lot of insight of what they want to do. They want to do the champs versus champs, but obviously PFL doesn't have a champ right middleweight. So that's a little weird. But 
I think they want to make some matchups for me. Like a Derek Brunson makes sense. Uh, also, I mean, I, I heard Nimkov isn't going to fight 205 anymore, so technically Bellator doesn't have a 205er. They do have a champ, but he's not going to fight 205. He's going to fight heavyweight, from what I've heard. Whoa, so really? I would be down to bump up and fight Impa or something like that. That'd be cool. Um, just to, you know, make a, a champ versus champ uh, battle happen, I would totally do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of up in the air. I'm, I'm hearing that they're going to probably put me on a card in February. Um, okay. they, they've kind of said that, but they haven't really, you know, announced, like, any – buddy that's for sure fighting on the card i haven't gotten any contracts um so yeah everything's kind of up in the air i'm not really sure but you know i'm here to figure out i'm, I'm just kind of waiting hopefully within the next few days or a couple weeks we get some good news cool. okay l I, uh, I just kind of want to stay on the topic for a little bit. I know in the past you've talked about, you know, po the possibility of going to the UFC. Do you think with this merger happening, that kind of takes that away a little bit? Do you think that's less likely to happen in the future now? Um, I think regardless, it was kind of not going to happen because I am contractually obliged to give, you know, whoever owns my contract five fights. So right. unless they breach my contract, which I think they're not going to try to do, um, I, I kind of don't really have a way out other than fighting out of it. So, you know, it is what it is. I'm just going to continue to fight and continue to put on good performances and get better. And, um, you know, w when my contract's up, we'll, we'll test free agency. But for now, you know, I'm just looking to fight early and often. And, and that's my goal. Could have that Absolutely. Michael Chandler effect. You know, he did so many um, – and you're with your, you being undefeated, and you could be literally the face, especially if you kind of do that middleweight, heavy, light heavyweight thing and five fights, just say you do all five of them, all five wins, you kind of dominate that little middle to light heavyweight in PFL and Bellator. You'll be like, you know, who wouldn't watch it? Like, who doesn't watch you right now? Especially – I. Every, and Johnny, I talked to so many people around you and around your circle. Every every conversation, sometimes you always come up They're like, dude, Johnny Eblen, uh, in camp, Johnny Eblen. Jorge Masvidal never doesn't say your name. You know, I'm with him all the time. I work for him for Game Bread, Bare Knuckle MMA. And, he, and I'm like, he's like, who's that guy? He's like, Johnny Eblen's that guy. Like, everyone always has your name in such high regard. So if you just put up another year, year and a half, not say put up, but if you have another great year, year and a half, you know, dude, the the, the world's your oyster, you know. Um, any yeah. match, DDP, Strickland, Izzy, uh, what Piera is doing right now. Like, if you stay undefeated and Piera stays undefeated, like you versus Piera at MSB in two years, like, come on, money yeah. symbols everywhere, brother. Money. Yeah. I mean, I, all I have to do is continue to get better, continue to continue my win streak, beat the shit out of motherfuckers, put on good performances, and, you know, um, things will work out. You know, I'm not really too worried. I, I I'm, I'm good at what I do. I'm just looking to get better. And yeah, man, I think everything will come, come to fruition. I, I think everything that I plan on achieving, I will achieve. It's just a matter of time. Oh yeah. I, uh, so I, I wanted to switch gears just a little bit. I went to a very interesting event over the weekend, uh, called Nuka MMA. It's, uh, the first collegiate MMA league. Um, collegiate I don't, Yep, collegiate what? MMA league. So it's uh, it, it's definitely. Tell me like the coach owner. Tell me about Roddy. 
Yeah, yeah. So Owen Roddy, uh, Connor's striking coach, he is one of the owners of, of this organization. So it's kind of his love child. Um, he loves college, uh, American college sports, which I thought was really interesting coming from an Irishman. But he said he loves like the, the rivalry of college football and all of that. Um, and he kind of wanted to build that for MMA, which is going to be a very slow process. I think they're going to have a lot of kinks. I think they're going to have some bumps in the road for sure, as any new organization would. But I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this as somebody who competed at, at high-level wrestling in college. Uh, for D1 school, like, do you think this is a good idea? Do you think it could become a big enough sport like wrestling where these kids can develop under a banner? I was actually really impressed with some of these young kids. I didn't expect the fights to be as high level as they were. So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that's 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 kind of cool, you know. Um, I think if that was an opportunity for me earlier on, I probably would have gravitated towards that than not wrestling so much. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but like when I was competing in wrestling, I always felt like it wasn't like a full expression of what I could do. Um, I felt like I was very contained to the rule set. So yeah, I think it could be good. I think you might get some, you know, you could make it uh, just as popular as college wrestling eventually. You know, obviously right now it's still still in its infancy, but uh, I mean, there's obviously a demand for it. And if you can find, a collegiate demand for the same product that we have for the UFC and like PFL and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I think that could be huge, you know, especially that that's the thing though. The, the, the kids aren't getting paid though. Yeah. Cause they're, no. they're technically, I don't think so. Yeah. They're amateurs. Right. But, but I they guess don't they get could paid as amateurs. They could make money off their likeness though still, which is a good yeah. thing. Right. So yeah, there's, there's, there's like potential to make money for them as well. Um, it's just crazy though, because it's like, well, now you have to incorporate. I mean, I guess you could make the uh, make the same argument with football, because there's head injury with football. So, I guess it's just a little bit different when I'm thinking about it, because like the 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 serious injury risk kind of goes up a little bit when it when it comes to fighting. But True. I mean, like football, you can get hurt. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's a good idea. You're just giving more outlets, and you're adding another sport to a collegiate level, which is probably good. I think you're gonna get you know higher level fighters out of that. So I, I agree. Yeah. And, and they did, they did for, for this event. I think moving forward, they're planning to continue. They do, they do puffies and shin guards. They're not doing headgear, but so kind of like that, the way IMMAF does it, where they're in the fight kits, they wear shirts, they have the, the puffier gloves. So I think probably going to be less injuries than your basic uh, MMA, MMA fights. Yeah, but uh, no, no elbows or elbows and knees? or No, no, no elbows to the head, no knees. To, or sorry, no elbows and no knees to the head. So uh, they, okay. their whole goal was like, they want these kids to be able to go to class on Monday. Dave? Yeah, you don't uh, want them to get cut up. Maybe they should add headgear. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. Puffies um, with MMA, MMA or MMA puffies with headgear, your likeliness of getting cut goes down a lot, I feel like. You know, right. I agree. When you take away the headgear, I feel like the the like 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 the likelihood of you getting cut goes way up. So, yeah, I think if they if they promote it right and and they do it within the right rule set, you can you know make it relatively safe, make it successful, make it fun, but also you know kids can go to class and don't look like they got fucking mauled you know a right. day before. You know, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of potential I think with that. Our, uh, our guy, Dean Tool is saying, Johnny, there's breaking news with you. They're saying Johnny Evelyn just signed a multi-fight deal with Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA. 
Dude, I wish. <laughs> I wish. That'd be fucking awesome, man. Uh, Dude, definitely, I'm definitely, they love you, man. I'm telling you, Dean's got nothing but love for you. Jorge's got nothing but love for you. It's crazy. They love you, man. I love them, bro. They're they're, they're awesome. They're they're like brothers to me. Um, I feel like you know that's definitely something in my bucket list I want to do uh, before I die. Uh, bare knuckle MMA, bare knuckle boxing, you know, whatever. I just want to get in there like it's like a street fight. Yeah, you know, but, but it's for money and and there's a crowd watching. You know, I'm I'm really down for that. I feel like it's a lot more primal. It's definitely more vicious and violent a lot more cuts a lot more blood and i'm all about that shit man so i love it hopefully I love it. you know one day we can make that happen that'd be great yeah all it. right johnny Dean. evelyn and bare knuckle let's go, you go. what's there your you what's your dream matchup for bare knuckle whoever's the best whoever whoever's, whoever's the best in the world at the time i would love that matchup you know <laughs> i just want to fight the best i want to fight the best of the best in any rule set Preferably bare knuckle, that'd be great because it's more like a backyard type deal. It's more like a street fight, so I'm I'm down for that. Um, but yeah, whoever whoever is like considered the best at middleweight or light heavyweight or wherever, you know, I'm down. I'm game. Dean saying February third, Orlando, Florida, you versus Luke Rockhold. Endless check, and whatever you want. Check. They'll just leave it blank. It's there. For you. They'll leave it blank for you. <laughs> Look at this! I'm telling you, Dean, don't be messing with Johnny. Johnny will take it. Johnny's, Johnny's about to call Dean as soon as we get off this interview. Yeah, I'm gonna call Dean immediately. How much? Yeah, I know we gotta let you run. The last thing for you, my brother, is your hat. I always love. I seen you a couple times out and about. Tell us about the people about that nice hat you got on. Trio Five, man, they're awesome. Great company. I really like the swagger they've been putting out. This is my favorite trucker hat. I got a lot of hats, but I, I for some reason, I always, I always reach for this one. It, it just, I don't know, man. It's the look. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. They did a good job, man. They did a great job. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with uh, the products that they put out. Man, Johnny, you're the man. Um, undefeated Bellator middleweight champion. We are so excited for your 2024. It should be absolutely bananas. And then, yeah, after this, man, uh, call Dean Tool. He says he's got an endless check for you, so you never know. Endless check, all right. We talk man. Hopefully tell tell me I will fight Johnny for an endless check. <laughs> come Cage domestic violence. I would have to lay down because Grant would be like, come on, Johnny, you can't do this. Like, you're right. <laughs> Don't, I can't hurt do this. <laughs> Don't hurt her. You're the man, Johnny. I appreciate you coming on on short notice for you, brother. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks no so problem. much, man. All right, we'll yep, talk to you soon. Later. Yep. There's Johnny Evelyn, the middleweight king. Dude, what a stud. What a stud, Al. You didn't tell me he was that he was that cool of a guy. Like, gee whiz. David's got crushes on Ross, got a crush on Johnny. My wife is probably more happy that I got crushes on Grant Dawson, uh, <laughs> Ross Levine, and Johnny Evelyn, you know, than... Than the other side, I guess, can't, right? Can't be too upset. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows my, oh, dude, I didn't even do the game with uh, Johnny. I had the game for Johnny. And this guy's like my, I, I shouldn't even say this on live TV. Like, he's my, all right, we're moving on. We're moving on. I'm, I'm getting stuck here. I got, I, I got a few extra minutes. I got a few extra minutes. I thought I'd have to go at two, but I got like another 15 or so. So I'll, hmm. I'll hang out with you so you're not you're all alone. Now. You're amazing. We have uh, Jillian the Savage Robertson that's coming in in five minutes, but all right. 
Are we ready for my my hot take? I've been like saving this for an hour and a half. I feel like my hot take. And they've been in the comments and they've been talking about it. So this past weekend, guys, we got Julian Robertson coming up in five minutes. Oh, literally coming up in three minutes. We got Miranda Maverick coming up in 245. But I got to introduce her now. I can't even give you my hot take. I'll, <laughs> give, I'll give my hot take to Julian. I want Julian to reaction too. So she comes on. Uh, absolute. We hold a record under the UFC for uh, most stoppages. She fights on UFC 297 in Canada in January. She's so excited. She's back at the GOAT. Let's talk to one of the goats of all time, Jillian the Savage Robertson. And look at that intro. Did I hit the button right? I don't think you hit the button. There I you go. The I did the whole <laughs> intro and didn't push the button. What's up, G? What a phenomenal intro, though. Not bad. <laughs> and then nothing. Yeah. All right. G, how are you, friend? I'm doing good. A lot better than last week. Good. Feeling better, I'm not so stuffy. happy to hear that. Oh, yeah. Definitely feeling a lot better. I'm like, this has been honestly the roughest thing for me. So like through being sick, I injured my ribs. So now I'm dealing with that. I'm like, this has just been like the greatest fight camp so far, but hopefully we're getting into a flow now. Seven weeks yeah. out is going to yeah. go smooth. Girl, those you are the best. You kind of want reports. the bullshit at the beginning, right? Like get the bullshit out of the way. And then exactly. And oh, then you God. have the best performances, the toughest fight camps. I feel like that's when you just crush it. Oh yeah. So. Bring something else out of you. For sure. <laughs> All right. So before I give you my hot take and Jillian, I definitely want your reaction from my hot take. Um, I saw, do, do you guys have a new family member at the house? Did this really just happen just a couple of hours ago? What is on your socials that you, you didn't, you didn't oh. get a, a new uh, feline. Uh, no. I, I didn't okay. adopt a, a dog okay. and a All cat right. uh, around my neighborhood. We have a bunch of just like cats that live around and I just try to make them all my friends. So that that's all that was. Okay. All right. There we go. All right. So you're, you're like Catwoman. You're like the, uh, the bat, the Batman villain slash. Okay. So you're a bat. You're a Catwoman. Okay. Yeah, world's exactly. coolest cat lady. Cat. Yeah. World's coolest. That is true. World's <laughs> toughest cat lady. For sure. Jillian, I, I when I was like first, like getting into the sport, I always said, I'm like, I just want to be the, um, first UFC champion and lonely cat lady. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. My hot take. Here we go. Okay, so this past weekend, UFC Austin, in the main event, uh, Benil Darush lost in a minute, five seconds, minute, 10 seconds. Uh, Kray Armand Sarukian, we should talk about him sooner or later, right? Like he did the, the, the finish. He looked awesome. I think he's ranked now fourth on the UFC lightweight uh, division. But Benny Darush lost, right? And us with us doing an MMA media and us seeing everything. So on Sunday morning, G and L... And all day Monday, and I saw it all day Monday, everyone was crying for Benny Darush. You know, a veteran of the sport. The man won eight straight fights and didn't fight for the championship. Everyone felt so bad for Benny Darush. And my side is, get the fuck over it. Are you kidding me? Like, for one, if you win eight straight times, Julian, if you win eight straight times from where you are right now, and I'm not trying to, like, put hate on any other fight in the world, you would be fighting for the world championship. You're not winning seven fights in a row from right now and not fighting for the title. So for one, that's on Benny DeRoosh never getting a title shot. Like, get another social media director. Or I told El, get a goddamn haircut, Benny. Like, I'm sorry, brother. Get a haircut. I love you. You're an unbelievable mixed martial artist. I got nothing but respect. I think I'm the most respectful guy in the media space for MMA fighters. Benny, 
you got to do something to get a title fight. Then, let's be honest, let's call a spade a spade now. So then he had two fights. He had, if you don't want to say they're title fights, you're fighting Charles Oliveira and Sarukian. These are number one contender. These are type of title fights, interim title fights, whatever you want to say. He fought two tough guys, back-to-back, two top five guys. He got fucking washed. Both fights, TKO'd in the first round. I saw what I needed to see. Like, I'm never, like, I'm not trying to be a just a, a hater. I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm not trying to be a hot take expert. But everyone was crying for Benny Darouche. Dude, like, he fought eight straight. If you kind of look back at the competition, they weren't the greatest eight fights ever. Like, Dracar Close is your, like, big win, which he was losing in that fight, by the way. Like, that's, like, one of your big wins is Dracar Close. That's on you for, like, taking the same type of fight and never, like, leveling up and leveling up. And then ask for a damn title fight or say no. Like, there's a lot of fighters. Gee, you know a lot of shit backstage. There's a lot of people that don't take fights. Like, say, hey, I'm not fighting Armand Sarukian. I'm waiting for a title shot, whatever the case is. But, like, if you have no social media following or no, you know, tuck backstage and you don't, you can't get a goddamn haircut, I'm sorry. You're not fighting for the title. I'm sorry. And then you fight two tough guys and you got washed. I'm, I'm sorry. Dave, you're a harassed. You know, dude. <laughs> And I know this might sound crazy and like maybe Jillian will kind of like double down or say, David, I'm wrong on this. There's a little bit to do with it. Like look at Dustin Poirier, look at Sean O'Malley, look at Conor McGregor, look at the champions. Like most of them are, are, are good looking men or well-kept men or their, their faces are on the ones on the posters. Like the UFC doesn't want to, uh, it's just, it was unkept. Like, Bro, like, take care of yourself. Like, you are putting yourself out there. The UFC has a huge platform. They have millions of people watching it. Like, they like they want to project what they are showing. Like, maybe they don't want to put Benny Darush on a poster. Like, I, I hate – I'm sorry. I don't want to be this guy. I feel like I'm going so far negative. But on that, gee, you have the first uh, apple at this tree. What do, you, what do you think on my Benny Darush take? No, I can definitely see your, like, point of view on that. Like, where it, it is just – it's a – it's marketing, you know, it's a huge part of the sport. It's a, uh, you really, it's not really a sport as much as it is like a show. You have to understand that as a fighter, you know, you have to be able to go out there and like make yourself marketable, make people want to see you, make people get in the seats. And it's like, maybe not doing that part is the reason you're not getting a title shot. So it's like, and it, it, it's definitely a huge part of the sport. I definitely think you see maybe a little bit like more in females than you do in males. Where I'm like, you see a lot of girls just because they're pretty, they're getting shots where they don't necessarily deserve them. Where I'm like, I I feel like you definitely see it on the female side of the sport a lot. Where it's like, you have to market yourself in some sort of way. You have to put yourself out of that because it's like, it is more almost a show than it is a sport at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Elle, what do you think on on my take? I just, Dawson said... Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong one. I meant to click this one. Benny was lucky he wasn't one of the slam KOs. There were a lot of slam KOs, but no, I, two, man, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, at some point, like fight four, five, six, like you gotta be like, all right, something's not working. Something's not working. Do I need a new manager? Do I need, do I need to hire a dude? They told Colby Covington he was getting cut because he was boring. And the next week that dude had a PR guy and was, on the mic like yeah. saying stuff like you got to have a personality you got to have something like yeah. if you if you aren't like like if you don't have a, a russian accent and a dagestani beard you better have a hell of a personality you know or you better be knocking guys out like crazy 
Like it, you have to have something. Man, I, I, if I saw Benil Dariush in my grocery store, and I follow this where I watch every UFC card. I love Dariush. I watch film on Dariush. I probably would miss him in a grocery right. store. Right. Man, That's my point. I saw Sean O'Malley on the street. I could see Sean O'Malley from like a half a mile away and know that that's Sean O'Malley. You got to have something, you know? Yeah. Henry Cejudo is like 5'8", or, or whatever tall he is. But Henry oh, Cejudo sure. has a presence, and he has a thing. Like, if he was walking through Publix, we would be like, guys, that's Henry Cejudo. That's pretty cool. Like, let me say what's up. Let me whatever we do. Like, like, dude, like, Benny just walks down the street. No one gives a fuck. Like, that's just, like, no one cares. And, and like, I'm not saying, it, like, dude, you had chances. Like, dude, Oliveira and Sorokin, and, like, not what Makochev washed those two guys. Like Makochev beat those two guys. And you were like, Hey, I want the title shot. Like the title shot. Isn't the be all end all. Like, what are you going to do with the title shot? Like, that's why like I'm in a weird way. I'm super high on, not super high. I just love what Strickland did. Like Strickland got a shot and won. Like he did it. Like he went all the way. And I love that. Like he didn't waste the moment. I'm not trying to think that Benny would waste it and we will never know because that man's never fighting for the UFC lightweight championship ever, like ever. But we we saw what he did against number two and number four. Like he got washed. Like he's not winning. the. He wasn't going to win the championship. So why are people like, it's almost like a fake, like, oh, I feel bad for you. Like, I just, why don't be fake? Like, that, that was my main thing. The MMA media Sunday and Monday was fake. They were fake think, out there. Think about all the guys who were amazing fighters that never quite got a title shot. It's like, yeah. I there are a hundred guys like that, you know? Right. I, I agree, yeah. And I think it comes down to two when it's like, your only selling point is your skill. And now, like you said, you're losing two first rounds, quick knockouts. It's like, all right, that was your only selling point that you had. Right. It's like, what now? <laughs> right, right. So there we go. That was my hot take. Um, crazy. So I had cats. I had the the gym. So uh, the last week has been your kind of getting it because it is wild because when you made the fight announcement on this very on the show, I felt like it was five weeks ago. It did feel so far off and it was. And then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, it was like Thanksgiving. It was like, gee, like, dude, the fight's around the corner. And now we're in December. And it's still, like you said, it's, we're not there yet. We're not maybe in the heart of it, but we are getting close into like the heart of camp. And I, I, we all know off this, like the diet and all that shit is probably getting very, very serious now for you. So hopefully, like I said, with the injuries behind you and the sickness behind you, hopefully these next 20, 25 days, I would assume is the most important and vital to the camp with, is that, is that right? Yeah, definitely. Just being able to, I feel like get my cardio in the right space that it needs to be right now is the only thing that I feel I need to be comfortable to walk into this fight. I feel like technically I'm there at what I need to be. Obviously, you can always get better, but I feel like I have in me what's capable to win this fight. I just need to make sure that I'm physically ready to be there and perform to my best ability. One more, and then, L, I let you have a question. And if you need to run, run, L. If you can stay, stay all day. You know us, how we feel about you, L. Um, do you ever, and I always wanted, and I've never asked you this question, so this is a good one. Um, Going into a fight, do you ever have like a pre-plan like speech or what you want to say in the microphone afterwards? Like after this fight in Canada on a paper, a big, big fight. Like, do you have like a, 
maybe not like word by word, but do you have a direction of like what I want to say to Joe Rogan like afterwards? Uh, so I have before, but it's okay. like for me, I'm a I I need to, I if I need that plan, I need somebody to remind me because I'm okay. like after the fight, I completely <laughs> forgot. Like they asked me a question, and I just went off on some tangent, just like super hyper, super excited off the win, completely forgot what I had to say. So I'm like, it's that I need somebody to remind me to focus, do something, of make sure I remember what I need to say. Okay. Have Dean like, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, remember this. Yeah, yeah. You use your note cards. Yeah, no, number 12, call out and thank the gym and my fans. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah and make sure you shout out Dave Van Aken too. <laughs> whoa, whoa, hey, there you hey. go. Hey, if you want to say that, if you, especially when you get the stoppage, and if you say our record, that's hey, what I was gonna say, it's ours. We gotta rep I know. it. I know, that's true. I, I will know from afar. From my house in Daytona Beach, Florida, which I'm actually trying to get to the Canada show at UFC 297, trying to get there live. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Maybe Awesome or Dean can put me in the in the in the luggage. You know? Yeah, yeah. Just carry you through. Yeah. I'm, Here's I'm a here. question for Jillian. It says, okay. "Who's the opponent?" Uh, it is oh. Pollyanna Vienna. So uh, we actually trained together a little bit at ATT back in the day. Uh, we didn't. Not too much. We got a couple rounds in together, but uh, we got a little work with each other back. It was probably, say, three, four years ago. Nice. Nice, nice. Okay. All right. Crazy. Because it, it's it's hard because, especially at that time, 125, uh, there's just, what, there's 32 girls, right? And then there's, like, a different age brackets. There's, like, different things. And LIC, you guys practice, like, there's only so many 105ers out there. Like there's so if you're training yeah. or if you're going to another gym to try to get work with the 105, like and then if you guys keep leveling up, like sooner or later, you're just probably going to meet in the bigger leagues. It's just going to happen. You don't realize how small the MMA world is. Oh, I'm like so many people. Females. Oh yeah, especially for yeah. females. I'm like so many people I ran across on the amateur scene that now we're in the UFC. Like me and Cheyenne Blissmas, for example. I'm like she was my last amateur fight. Now right. we're both in the UFC together. <laughs> Crazy. Well, we have another person, a uh, writer for Fight Bananas that we would love to bring in. He's going to stick with us for the next 30, 45 minutes. I know, G, whenever you got to go in the next five, 10 minutes, just let me know. We'll let you run. But I do want to bring this guy in. Uh, one of the – oh, El, you're, are you leaving? Oh, I going to say, I, I have to duck out. I have to right. go do my real job. But <laughs> thank you guys so much. It was good talking to you, Julian. El, oh, you're the you best. Me always. <laughs> All right, there we go. There, that's called a transition in, in the business. L is leaving the ruthless one, but we're going to bring in our guy, Keelan, to the show. What's up, Key? Dave, hello, Jelly, and nice to meet you. How are you guys? How are you doing? Great. I'm very good, thanks. I'm kind of like a stray dog around here, Jelly, and they, I kind of came in once and they kind of let me hang around. So good to be back on, guys. How are we? Doing good, brother. Doing good, man. Tell, tell the audience where are you joining us from. So, guys, I've kind of been here, there, and everywhere. I've kind of been all over the place. Um, I haven't burst onto the scene yet, but I've kind of been here since about 2020. Been writing for MMA Island. Uh, shout out those guys. They know who they are. Kind of been around the scene. Um, started talking to you at the beginning of the year, Dave. Um, you know, we kind of got involved. Our paths crossed covering the sport, podcasting, and that kind of thing. Dave very kindly brought me in, and I've been involved ever since. So, yeah, that, that that's kind of the origin story, and that's the story I'm sticking to. <laughs> there we go. That's the story I'm sticking to. I love it. I love it. Well, Keith, if you have a question for G, we can definitely take it away. 
my last one, uh, Jillian, I was going to get into. So did you see UFC Austin? Did, did you watch the show? Yeah, of course. I'm like, I don't think there's a fight card I do miss. <laughs> okay. Of course. Get honest. Was it the next morning? Oh, of course. Okay. I'm there like, you go. That's I, my friend. That's I my dear I friend. I stayed awake for, it was the first fight. I was like halfway falling asleep. I woke up, yeah. I think it ended in a choke. And I woke up as the choke was happening. And then I fell back asleep. So I, I watched the rest of the main card the next day. There we go. There we go. And I, I know my dear friend, Jillian the Savage, Robertson. Um, it's been a talking point. Benny DeRouche was a huge talking point. The second probably biggest talking point of the show was the ref trying to murder Bobby Green live on television. Um, outrageous, absurd. My question for you, the fighter, is have you ever been in that spot? Because I remember Agapapova, like, I remember you telling me, you're like, dude, she's choking, but I, like, it's my job to keep it on until they let it go. Like, was that the furthest you've been into a spot like that? Uh, I'd probably say that one is because with the uh, Mashka fight, I had I told the ref twice that she was out. So yeah. I'm like, that's that's the one where I'm like, I definitely I was like, she's out. And he was like, no, she's good. I was like, no, she's out. <laughs> so that was definitely a situation where I'm like, it was definitely over the line. But I've never seen anything like the Bobby Green situation. I'm like, that was absolutely like just terrible. It could have been a walk off knockout, honestly, like. Jalen dropped him and he could have just walked away and it could have been over. He didn't need yeah. those. I think it was almost 15 seconds of ground and pound. <laughs> and like, and key, you can come into after this. He's literally like, he's got his head down and Turner, Jalen Turner, literally a middleweight fighting as a lightweight is bashing him. And he's not like defending himself. He's just bouncing because he's getting struck. Cause he's like, his body is just like, it's like, dude, this ref is trying to murder him. It, it was like, it was hard to watch. I watch every fight. I love fights. I'm not going to lie. I love knockouts. I love finishes. That was like hard to watch. I don't think I watched the like the replay back. I was like, dude, that, like I'm, I'm good. And you ready for this one? Bobby Green just knocked out Grant Dawson, one of our dearest friends. We just had his wife on the show. Like maybe I was rooting for Jalen Turner. I was not rooting for that. Like that is not like that's that's some bullshit. Like that was not cool. Keelan, what do you think about it? All I'm going to say is that ref was definitely part of Armin Sarukian's hotel entourage because there's no other justification for what happened. I mean, that was terrible. That was one of the worst referee lack of stoppages I've ever seen. I mean, Dan Hardy was right. That's all I'm saying. Dan Hardy was right a couple of years ago when they let him go. I mean, I don't get it at all. Um, you know, even Jalen Turner, who's a very, very good fighter and a real killer, as we all know, you right. could even tell Jalen Turner didn't want to have to keep going because like you, Jillian, like you said in your fight, Jalen Turner was basically looking at the referee saying, aren't you going to step in? You know, you really want me to keep going with this? And I just, I don't understand it at all. That was one of the worst stoppages I've ever seen. Um, You know, we criticized Mario Yamasaki and Steve Mazzagatti and guys like that. That was no better than those guys, and I can hope I can only hope that refs never trusted with another big fight again because that was really, really worrying to see. And truthfully, my only hope is that that didn't take years off Bobby Green's career because those were really big shots that he had, and he couldn't defend them either. Yeah, and honestly, it's such a shame too that I feel like it took away from Jalen Turner's beautiful exactly. Knockout. Nobody is talking Good about point. that. I'm like, that yeah. it was absolutely gorgeous how he put him down. It was just a clean one-two. And point, nobody's talking about that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. That's a, such a great point. I love that. Because, 
like it, I'm telling you, on I do this right, and on Saturday night and Sunday and leading into Monday, it was about Benny Darish was robbed of a title fight, and it was about the referee killing, you know, trying to really hurt Bobby Green. I'm, I'm being funny about killing, but you know, whatever, whatever. But like, no one is talking about honestly Jalen Turner Sarukian. And I wrote this note down. It was kind of funny, those last three big fights, or maybe three out of the four, because I don't think Figueredo is not young, but font. But to me, it was a little bit of a passing of the torch. Like these three guys, Benny Darush, Bobby Green, and Kevin Gaslam, you know, all three very, you know, high-end veteran guys, big pay-per-view guys, big-time fights of stuff of that nature. But you're seeing this next crew of guys, guys like Sean Brady, Jalen Turner, and Armand Sarukian. It seemed like it was a little bit of passing the torch at UFC Austin. And I like seeing that. I uh, This is a cold, cold game. The fight game is a, a hurt business. It's a cold business. And if you're just not at the top level, at, uh, at your personal top level, that person will defeat you. Like that person's taking your spot and everything you worked for. So I thought it was a little bit of passing of the guard a little bit. And that's a, another person you just brought up there. Sean Brady looked absolutely phenomenal this weekend. Yeah. Like, yeah. put on an absolute clinic and just, it looked like he was drilling. You know, it looked like he was in the gym and, like, his coach is like, we're drilling this today, you're just going to do it. And, like, he just went out there and made it look easy. It was super impressive. Kevin Gassel. Yeah. Like, Kevin yeah. Gassel's a, a stud. Yeah, no, absolutely. Exactly. No, I was just going to say real quick. I'm so happy Sean Brady put on the performance he did because I think he got really, don't get me wrong, Bilal Muhammad was really good against Sean Brady and he deserved yep. to win. I'm not taking that away from Bilal. But a lot of fight fans forgot very quickly just how good Sean Brady actually is. And I think this was a very stark reminder, like you said, Dave, of the levels in the game and how much Sean Brady deserves to be in that conversation. So brilliant performance. I was so, so happy for him. And his ground game has developed so well since that last Bilal fight. I mean, the growth and the evolution we've seen from Sean Brady is almost from one level to the next. So I think a big fight is coming in the future for Sean Brady maybe someone like Ian Gary I don't know but someone big's going to be on the horizon for Sean Brady and I'm really looking forward to seeing it uh Jill you never wrote a book about um trying to date or marry a MMA fighter have you no. <laughs> I think I'm safe on that one uh poor Ian Gary <laughs> I know. That, that went that was everywhere like that was that got like the number one lead and so many shows and so many social media accounts. And it's like, it's what it was like, not even a story, but that was getting the lead. Like literally the PFL was giving out million dollar checks to like people and Ian Gary and his wife was like the main thing. It was a wild 72, 84 hours for them. Oh yeah. And poor Ian Gary with this press conference coming up. <laughs> it, if I was Ian, and I think he is, and I, and like I said, I've met him a couple of times, always really cool, super nice to me as well. I think he's going to eat it up. Like, I think he's going to use it and probably like almost even have fun with it. I bet you he has a t-shirt of some sort of uh, something about it. Like, I, I don't know, Mr. I, I don't know. He's going to have something. Um, and, but not even that. Everyone's forgetting about the fight. Like Vicente Luque is a stud. He just beat RDA in a main event. Like everyone's forgetting about how damn good Luque is. Um, Mike Perry, the king of violence, that nose picture is from Vicente Luque. Like people forget how good Luque is. So it's this isn't just an Ian Gary win. Like I felt a little bit, if I hate to say it, the Neil Magny matchup was like, hey, 
Ian Gary, we're getting you a pay-per-view win. This is not that fight. Like, this is a high-level fight. And it's weird. I kind of expect maybe Luke to get this one. I really do. It maybe it's maybe I'm calling a little bit of a uh you know hot take. And maybe it's hot take Dave right now today, but I think Luke is really underrated in this fight. No, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I've always been a huge fan of Luke. Just I feel like he he has one of those just like I don't know, non-stop pressure styles. Like, like you said, like Mike Perry, like a Paul Felder, like those kind of guys yeah. where it's just aggression, like fearless coming forward and it's a lot to deal with and i feel like it, it it's going to be a true test for Ian gary it's such a great point g and with those those and not even that paul felder a little bit but a lot of those guys are usually more brawler type and they bring the pressure he's that but he's so damn technical and so skillful especially on the ground so he kind of like puts the pressure and he's kind of aggressive but then he's so damn skillful it's like a little bit of best of both worlds and i know he i think uh he had a, a bad loss and then it was something I, I i hate to butcher this maybe keelan if you remember something to do with his brain like didn't he have something off that the, he had to take a lot of time off he took like 10 months a year off am, am i right on that yeah um you're definitely not wrong dave um from what i remember he had I think Vicente Luque went for an MRI or something on his brain and it brought up, I don't know what the cognitive definition is, but there was something in his brain that um, the MRI brought up and he had to take, like you said, 10 months or so off from the fight game to make sure that that was okay and that that was good. And I'm so thankful he's okay because yeah. Vicente Luque has always been one of my favorite fighters as well. Like you said, he's got that relentless forward pressure, but he's a sniper of a fighter as well. He doesn't just throw the kitchen sink at his opponent. He will pick you apart. And I think we saw that perfectly against RDA and in pretty much every fight beforehand. And this is why... I'm so intrigued by this upcoming fight against Ian Gary because not only can Ian Gary not overlook Vicente Luque, he's got to be so, so careful with this fight because we've seen Ian Gary leave his hands low before and we've seen him get dropped already. And I think if that's Vicente Luque that drops him, Ian Gary maybe doesn't get back up from that. And even if he tries to get back up, Vicente Luque's jiu-jitsu is so good. It is so, so good on the ground that Ian Gary has got to be so aware at all times during this fight or Luke will eat him alive. So I am very, very excited for that fight. And it's a huge step up for Ian Gary. So we will see what he is made of. That is true. That's, uh, yeah, it's coming up. Uh, not this Saturday. This Saturday is a nice fight night. But the next Saturday is uh, UFC 296, Covington versus Edwards. I got a little caveat on Edwards. I mean, on Covington, too, in a second. Gee, one last thing for you, then we will let you go. I would assume, are you, um, are we in the savage diet right now? Or are we all the way in? Or all the way oh, back yeah, yeah. We've been in, unfortunately. Okay, tell the audience, if you can, tell us something. Because, uh, you know, it's during the holidays and I don't, I don't want to take you down that lonely road. What is something you're going to be like, God dang it. Like I can't not one, maybe not even eat it. Or if I get one or two of them, I can't get 10 like I would like during this holiday season. So there will be none of anything, but um, something that I, well, these last couple of weeks, what I've done is my favorite place in uh, Miami is the salty donut. They have the best donuts I've ever tasted. And they've came out with Thanksgiving ones this week. I'm sure they're going to come out with Christmas ones. And I won't be able to taste them. I'm like, it's driving me crazy. I'm like, because they only have them for the certain amount of time. They have them right. for like a week or two. So 
I've ordered them and I've made my boyfriend eat them and described to me in thorough <laughs> detail of how they taste and like everything. I'm like, does it taste like this one or which one's better? Is this one better than that one? I'm like, just, it, it's my fix. It's, it's helping me. <laughs> I'm picturing like the mama bird eating the donut to the little baby birds. Like just have this little gravel piece and take this one piece out of my. I'm like, I'm just wow. going to make him eat all the sweets and tell me how they taste for now. <laughs> What a trooper. What a, what a trooper. Exactly. You know, he's taking the sacrifice for us. Gee, buy the ring already for this man. Buy the <laughs> ring. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Love it. Jillian the Savage Robertson every week here at the Fight Banana Show Live. We appreciate it. Look at that puppy time. There we go. Dude, we had Coco on earlier with Ross Levine. Another, we got two puppies in one show. Loving it. Gordon's um, always, he, he doesn't leave my side. So he's always on the show, whether he comes on screen or yeah. not. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll see you next week. And then after that, um, you know, with holiday season coming up and the, even the UFC taking a break, we ourselves at the Fight Banana Show Live, we're going to take a couple weeks, a little sabbatical for the rest of the year, you know, get a haircut like Benny DeRouche won't do and, uh, you know, recharge a little bit. But I can't wait. 2024 is going to be a humongous year for Jillian the Savage Robertson and also here at Fight Banana. So some exciting stuff. G, we'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays to you. And you too. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Jillian. Thank you. All right, Jillian Robertson off. Key, there we go. We got Miranda Maverick coming in in around 10, 12 minutes on the show. What a show so far. Jeezy. Healing. Oh, what a show. As always, Dave, you deliver, you know. I'm not surprised, but it's been a hell of a show so far. We've had Al Dawson. We've had Jillian Robertson. We've had Ross Levine challenging for the heavyweight karate combat title. It's a mom's show in Fight Bananas. Johnny Evelyn came on the show. A surprise Johnny guest Evelyn. out of nowhere. <laughs> loved it love me love us some johnny eblin dave's um, got the hook up all across the industry that's <laughs> pretty good um all right so i got two little fun little conversations where i want to like lead us into and like i said we got like 10 minutes before miranda gets on so i think this is perfect davis <laughs> dawson thank you my man look at this i'm 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 gonna save that one take a picture okay there we go we did it um photoshop okay. santa hop <laughs> i know i wish i need that i got a banana hat here no santa hat all right, so the two ones. So Dana White was on the Full Send, a podcast. It's been, you know, cut and copied by every MMA, uh, you know, media outlet out there. Talking about a super fight that he is working on in 2024. He didn't even say UFC 300. Let's throw that out there. He said UFC in 2024. He's working on it. Two, two questions, Key. One, what do you think the fight that he's talking about, rumored about is? That's the first thing I want you to take it. And then the second, if you have a super fight kind of at a left field in 2024, what would be your super fight? So the first one, then what is Dana White? What is he talking about? Hmm, That's a very good question. Um, the thing with Dana White is, as you know, Dave, he's a very hard man to pin down. You know, he yeah. can talk about a hundred different things at once. He can imply a lot of different things and he can send us all on a wild goose chase. So it's really hard to say. In terms of what I think he's talking about, I think it's eventually going... No, it's not going to be that, actually. I just realized. I was going to say Adesanya Pereira at light heavyweight, but Adesanya said he's taking a year out, so it's not going to be that. Um, it's hard to say. I've, I've been thinking about this, and I really don't know. The fight that I would like it to be, the fight that I would really like it to be is something at lightweight. I'd like to see, you know, Islam Makachev, Justin Gaethje. That would be that okay. would be a seriously good fight. 
Uh, there's a lot of different really good fights to make. Um, but in terms of the one Dana White has in mind, um, maybe John Jones, Tom Aspinall. That's a fight I'd like to see. Uh, but then again, we've got Stipe Miocic. So, yeah, but those I don't fights, know. To me, Keelan, those fights are great fights, but they make sense. Like, those are really good kind of standard fights. Like, those are the fights we're all hoping to happen in the, <laughs> in the weight class. Like, you could just tell by, like, his smile and his laugh and his kind of secret is in a secret is um about it like mm. it's something different and special and out of left field and the ones that are out there now I'll kind of throw them out there and I this is where I think it's going I do think hey guys Ronda Rousey was in WWE she is not in WWE anymore TKO has merged WWE and the UFC has merged there's probably more phone calls connected and all that stuff together She's probably training her tail off. I bet you Rhonda's been working behind the scenes. She's not on that WWE schedule anymore. She's been off now for four months. She's probably back training. I think it's Rousey. I think it's Ronda Rousey. And the fight, it's wild. Everyone's saying Rousey and Tate. I don't think Rousey and, I mean, yeah, Rousey and Tate. I don't think it's that because we've seen that multiple times and it's kind of one-sided, whatever. I think how about Ronda Rousey versus Holly Holm too? I think that's the fight he might be like, you know, one of the biggest pay-per-views ever, one of the biggest upsets ever. If they put that together in the summer or UFC 300, that like that, a lot of us will go, whoa. Yeah, it's a damn good fight and I'm not against it. My only thing is, is that for a fight that big, it would have to really mean something. You know, there would have to be a belt on the line or there'd have to be real title implications for that fight as well. So I'm not against it by any means. I'd love to see it. But with Dana White, like you said, this is going to have to be so left field that it would be... In fact, I have a suggestion. Hamzat Shemaev at light heavyweight for the title. I think it could be something huge like that. Because... I'm trying to put myself in the bald-headed mind of Dana White and what he's trying to cook up here. And yeah. it's it's just it's much harder to predict than you would think it is because it is, it is. so unpredictable. I saw Dawson just comment to Davison Figueredo, Piotr Jan. That's a fight at Bantamweight that I want to see. Yeah, but that's a great fight. That's what I mean. Like these are really good fights that make sense. I don't think Dana's there. Like, I think Dana's talking about GSP and Nick Diaz. I think mm-hmm. I think he's talking about, you know. Uh, Nate Diaz versus uh, Cowboy Cerrone too. Like he's talking about something like that. Like two guys that are, or girls that are probably like out of the fight game a a tad or like, it's a super fight. Like I think it's something out of left field. Like when, when Bisping and GSP happened, like that was out of left field. Like that was like, that was huge. So I think it's something like that. What if it's the trilogy, Nate Connor three? Yeah, there you go. There you go. I like it. Speaking of which, I actually have some Connor news for you. He w- he wants to run to be president of Ireland. Is he serious about that? <laughs> Knowing Connor McGregor, who the hell knows? Um, I have no idea. But he said, I mean, he said he wants to, but who knows how much that's worth anymore? But I think it could be the trilogy, perhaps. Um, I think that would make a lot of sense. It would be left field because Nate's technically in boxing now. Connor. I, I actually have no idea what Connor's doing at this point. I saw he's sparring with Brendan Lochnan, but he doesn't have a fight confirmed. Maybe we get the trilogy for UFC 300 and it just comes out of nowhere like it did before. Do they really, does he come back and not fight Michael Chandler first? I could just not see that happen. 
The problem with that is, and don't get me wrong, I want to see that fight. I really, really do. But A, I think it's so one-sided to Mike that they don't make that fight yet. I think Mike would absolutely blitz Connor and put him away. And secondly, the Nate-Connor fight is so much more evenly balanced and yeah. it sells way more than McGregor Chandler does, in my opinion. Look, I agree. So, Keith, I, I do agree to that point. So that's why I think... You do it in the reverse fashion because if you do Connor and Nate first, and then if Connor loses, the Kate and Ch the Connor Chandler disappears. Yeah, that's you true. Connor Chandler first, regardless if he does it, he gets blitzed by Chandler. One, you make Ch Michael Chandler a complete superstar, right? So mm -hmm. now you have another superstar. And even with the loss to Michael Chandler, you still on the back burner can go to Connor Nate trilogy in December and have another payday. Like, I feel like. If you go that order, you have two major Connor paydays. Yeah, that's true. And um, that that is an order that would make sense for sure. Um, but, but I do think with Dana, as far as this um super fight that he has going on, it's gonna be something that reaches into the recent past. It's gonna be something that will draw people in, and it's something that's gonna sell a lot because Dana wouldn't build this up unless he thought it could sell. You know, he's not right. gonna give us he's not gonna give us a predictable fight that we've mentioned. Let's put it that way. It's gonna be something very, very different. But I'm very excited to see what it is because there's a lot of very interesting options. I don't think it's going to be, but I'd love to see GSP fight one more time. Um, I don't know who that would be against, but that would be so something. Yeah, like GSP, Sean Strickland? Yeah. G I'd have... Hmm. Hmm. Uh, you know, who's who... Um... Trying to think of a guy, maybe even, I guess that was middleweight. I guess he could do welterweight like uh, Sean Strickland. Uh, I mean, uh, how about, um, I got a cool one. How about uh, totally left field? You ready for this one? George St. Pierre versus Wonderboy Thompson. Oh, okay. Total and you know what? Field. This fight makes sense. This fight makes sense. George St. Pierre involved in karate combat. Stephen Thompson recently got promoted to eighth down black belt in karate. You know, it makes sense, but not enough sense that Dana would think it makes sense. Right. You know, we get two legends of the sport. We get it right. at middleweight. GSP doesn't have to cut weight. One right. boy maybe feels more comp. I like it. I like okay. it a lot, actually. Okay. In fact, the more I think about it, the more I'm the more I'm seeing it. I like it. I like it. All right, we're cutting that up. That's a video right there. All right, three, four more minutes until our girl Miranda Maverick joins the show. Can't wait to talk to her. So I got this. I uh, I love you know it's what we do. We I scour the uh, the the social media landscape for nuggets and and information. Luke Thomas threw out an absolute gem on Twitter, and when I saw this, I was like, okay, I I got to bring this forward. This is amazing. So um, I took a, even a screenshot of it. Here we go. So this is Luke Thomas giving him the hundred percent credit. Not me. Luke Thomas got this. He goes. The record of UFC fighters over 35 years old, uh, weight classes, 125 to 170. So flyweight to welterweight, guys. Flyweight to welterweight in title fights are 2 and 28. Those two wins are, are Tyron Woodley wins. So what that means is that is a Kobe Covington age. Uh, Covington's over the age of 35. This is for the welterweight uh, uh, championship. That is a bad sign for Colby Covington. And where I'm getting at is, 
and what I talked to kind of G about and a little bit of the passing the guard to Sean Brady, to Kevin Gaslam, to mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, to Jalen Turner, to Bobby Green, to Armin, to Benio is if you're if this is be honest, this is probably not the best Colby Covington we got. Mm-hmm. The best Colby Covington probably fought Kamar Usman three years I ago. Agree. That's probably the best Colby Covington. We just that's Kamar Usman at, at his peak. I just don't think Covington's going to get the job done against Leon Edwards, especially seeing that nugget. I think Leon Edwards is more in his prime, more in his peak. In a year or two, I think Leon will be out of his peak and we'll have another guy. But I think now uh, main event, I was I was leaning towards Leon already, but after that nugget, I, I'm you know I'm taking. Christmas money out of the funds and the trees. And uh, I'm sorry, Leon Edwards might get a little bit of a nice bet with Dave Van Auken. No, I completely agree, Dave. I think that's a very good take. And listen, this is actually, this is surprising to say for me, this is the least confident I've been in Colby Covington in a fight in recent years, without question. And I think there's a lot of valid reasons for this. I think Leon Edwards has dealt with a more powerful fighter in Kamaru Usman twice. He's beaten a more powerful fighter twice. He's shown he can dig deep in the fifth round, come back and get the job done. He's shown he can win it over a distance. And like you said, with Colby Covington, precedent is not in his favor here at all. Like you said, as soon as you reach 35, the odds dramatically take a nosedive against you. And I think I think Leon Edwards is still a criminally underrated fighter. I think he's technically one of the best fighters in the roster in any weight class, in any division. And I think he's going to put on a really good performance here against Colby Covington. Additionally, even if Colby Covington gets into the ground, Leon Edwards has shown he can engage in the clinch, get back up again. And if this becomes a striking fight, I don't see how Colby Covington beats him. I think Leon Edwards is too good. He's too well refined. He's too quick and he's too smooth. And I think Leon Edwards is really going to crown his, I think this is going to be his victory lap, this fight. I think he's going to get the credit he deserves, the respect he deserves. And after this fight, I think Colby Covington might go up to middleweight because he couldn't beat Kamara Usman. I don't think he beats Leon Edwards. And in that division, which is a shark tank of a division, I don't see who's left for him to take on. I think he maybe goes up, faces someone like Dreykus Duplessis. Uh, and yeah, I think this is it for Colby Covington at 170. You, when you mentioned middleweight, I just, I just like, and I, and I hope this doesn't happen because there's so many great middleweight title fights that I think are going to happen in 2024. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I don't know how many of them Sean Strickland will be involved, but just imagine a fight, a main event of Sean Strickland and Colby Covington. Imagine those two guys on the mic back and forth with each other. Like, <laughs> Come on, like that, you know, I think the UFC would be happy, but. Oh, yeah, um, very, very happy. Like I said, next week, we'll really jump into the UFC 296. That card is so good. Um, oh. The co-main event with Pantoja and Brandon Royval, that's getting no love because the main event is so buzzed. And then those next three fights with Ferguson and Patty, uh, Luke and Ian Gary. And um, there's another one on the main card, really good fight. It's like young versus old. There's three of them. Mm. Um, it's dropping, but I'll think of it later. It's just a really good one. You place this one in. But um, all right. I think they are. Yep. All right. We see her in the waiting room. Guys, our next guest is ready to come on the show. 12 and 5 under the MMA. 5 and 3 under the UFC banner. Still only 26 years young. It's amazing how much she's been around. It's kind of been in our uh, mainstream, but still only 26 years young. Let's bring Miranda Maverick to the show. What's Hi, up, everyone. Miranda? 
Hey, good to be here. Good. We appreciate you coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, how's uh, how's your Tuesday afternoon going so far? It's going good. You guys already said what we were going to talk about. I've been pickling in this morning and working for Hershey, and I'm going to be training right after this. Man, the spoiler <laughs> alert, the spoiler alert. I will get into the fights. I know you just had a really cool fight announcement. We'll get into that. We'll get into a lot of stuff, but this is the stuff I want to talk to you about. Uh, all of a sudden, your social media is all about pickles for the last 48, 72 hours. <laughs> I love pickles at myself. Uh, when did this come to be? Have you always liked it? Like, when did this kind of pickle love and uh, birth come? <laughs> so I've actually been canning stuff since I was a kid. Like, my family's always canned our own garden vegetables and all that, from salsa to tomatoes to green beans to pickles. Um, and sweet pickles are, like, my favorite thing, like, as far as, like, to make pickle wise. And I was making a bunch for my family and for myself. And I was like posting, you know, just posting a video of me doing it and being like homesteading at its best, you know? And then I had people like, would you sell a jar of it? Would you sell a jar of it? And I was like, you know, I might as well post and see if people would be intrigued. So I posted and just posed the question of, would you guys buy pickles from me if I made quarts and sold them? And I had a lot of feedback. And so I was like, why not? Let me let me go for it. And it's it's pretty difficult to do, I guess, on like a large scale in a kitchen, you know, so trying to organize and try to figure that out. And some people are jerks about they're like this much a jar. And I'm like, well, I've got to get all the materials to get ready for it. And I don't have my own cucumbers right now because of the time of year. And I'm in Colorado right now, but we're going to be having some cucumbers ready in Missouri at my family's ranch and kind of have the operations from there from here forward, probably. But I'm really excited to be able to start it. Obviously, it takes a while to ferment some of the pickles. So I've been making them the last few days and it'll probably be about a week to two weeks before I'm able to send all the orders out. But yeah, I'm excited to do it. I love it. I love it. Well, you can put us on the top of the list. We are definitely intrigued. <laughs> and Miranda, there's there's just gonna be haters on everything. Like literally, you can go to a someone and give them a hundred dollar bill and they'll say, That's it. You're only gonna give me a hundred. It's like That's people true. will just want to complain to complain. That's yeah. Weird. You but most I mean? people like, have been most people have been so supportive and awesome. Yeah. And I've had a lot of fans buy some. I ship them anywhere if anyone listening is uh tuning in and I've got tons of different flavors and do quartz and pints. So just let me know if you're interested and just shoot me a message and I'll get some out to you within the next couple of weeks. There we go. All right. So we had the, I told you, Miranda, I didn't lie to you. We were going to start on the pickles for you. Um, all right, Keelan, uh, I got a question that I'll let you run with it uh, mm -hmm. for a quick one, but the fight announcement just announced. It was funny. We kind of were talking. I know we went through millions, shout out to millions. We'll definitely be able to, you can watch this and stream this whole thing on millions. I, I, do you have t-shirts on millions, by the way? Do you have a lot of gear on it? Or? Yeah, they have t-shirts, hoodies, joggers, hats. I'm sure more than that. I haven't even uh, received any yet or else I'd be wearing it, but uh, okay. they do have all that stuff on there, exclusive designs they've made for me. So go check it out. Dude, millions. Can you send Miranda a shirt? Can you send me a shirt of, 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 of the Fear Maverick so we can wear the gear? What are we doing, millions? Come on. Let's go. All right. Back to you. So um, I was so cool. I, I was just pumped. I, I You know, we've talked a couple of times, I believe, back in the in the past. And I was just pumped to have you back on the show just regardless. And then, boom, over the weekend, we see that great picture. Marcel puts that picture of you and Andrea Lee out there. I'm like, dude, awesome time and I love it. Um, when did this fight come to be? I know you kind of put it out there. You kind of always, like, envisioned, I don't want to say dream, but you always thought this fight was going to come down the pike sooner or later. Finally happening at a UFC pay-per-view. Seems like you fight a lot on pay-per-views. UFC 298 in Anaheim. Uh, how pumped are you to be back uh, against Andrea Lee? 
I'm really excited. It's on the number card. I'm really excited. It's against Andrea. Like you said, I've kind of been trying to have this fight happen almost since I've started in the UFC. Um, wow. I've always kind of been right there, right below Andrea as I've come up. And now like she has a couple losses under her belt and people are like, oh, now you're calling her out. And I'm like, no, I've kind of been calling her out the whole time. But her and I are cool. Like we're acquaintances and I've messaged back and forth. And every time she's been down to fight and it just hasn't happened. And this time I like really made an effort to make it happen. Messaged Mick about it. Her and I both made a post about it. And uh, Mick finally set it up. Uh, it's been months in the making. We were hoping December, then we were hoping January. So I'm a little frustrated that I have an eight-month gap between fights. But at the same time, I've got one. Here we go. New contract signed. So I'm happy about that part, too. Nice, nice. Before, Key, I'm sorry to interrupt. So, so you, did you sign the new contract with this fight? Was that kind of a part of it together? Yep. This will be the first fight of my new contract. Nice, nice. Well, congratulations with that. Hopefully, it was a uh, you know a five hundred thousand dollar pump pay grade with each one. But uh, keep I on wish. going up. <laughs> maybe, maybe you want to be doing the pickle business on the side. Right, I don't know. right. Who knows? Hey, it's something I love doing though. I probably yeah. be canning pickles one way or another. I figure why not to uh, give some other people some delicious stuff. <laughs> love it, love it. Keenan, take it away. So Miranda, first of all, hello, lovely to meet you. Um, sorry I haven't had the chance to say hello. I'm kind of like a stray dog on this channel. I kind of come <laughs> in and out all over the place. So thank you for joining the show. First and foremost, nice to finally meet you. Uh, Miranda, my question's kind of about the wider division as a whole, because the division's gone from being in a little bit of a slump to being one of the most exciting divisions in the UFC men or women in the last two years or so. It's been a real quick transformation. And you face some of the biggest names in that division already. My question is, with the changes that we've seen from Valentina to Tyler Santos to Alexa Grasso now, coming to the end of the year and coming into the beginning of 2024, how do you see the landscape of the division changing within the next 12 months? Do you think they're the same champion remains? Do you think that title goes through multiple people's hands? How do you see the division going over the next 12 months or so? Because it's such a stacked division and I don't think a lot of people appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not sure what's happening with Talia Santos. I'm not sure if she's getting another contract with the U UFC or what's going on with that. So that's a big question mark. But I think she's definitely up there for title contention. People kind of saw it as, you know, it could go one way or another when she fought Valentina. And then the Valentina versus Alexa Grasso last time, I think many people could argue Valentina actually won that fight. So it's just really hard to uh, say. I don't really think Alexa's going to keep that belt for long. Although, you know, I'm proud of her. I'm proud of where she's gone at this point. I think Aaron Blanchfield's the next big up-and-comer that I think could keep that belt for a while if she got it. Um, she's really been progressing, really improved herself over time. I've obviously fought her before. Um, I wish I wouldn't have underestimated her at the time, or I think I would have done a lot better, wasn't expecting as good of wrestling as she had. And she's gone a long way with her striking even since then, you know, her striking has really came up a lot. Her fight with Andrade, I think Andrade was on short notice, kind of coming off the couch. So I, you can kind of excuse that a little bit, but at the same time, Aaron just put on a heck of a performance, you know, then against Talia did a great job. And now I think she's up, you know, I think she'll be the next champion, the next person who holds the belt. I know Manon Fro is up there too. Um, she's pretty close to being in that contention. And I think there's that four or five people up there that are just ready and biting at the bit for that title shot. So I see it changing hands several times within the next year or two years. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. And I'll add one more bit to my question before I go, because I know you've got a lot of stuff to talk with Dave about. Um, you obviously have this big fight coming up next, and assuming that you're able to get past Lee, um, which I think a lot of people favorite you in doing that, do you have um like a plan in place for how to rise through the division again? Do you have someone in particular in mind that you want to call out following a potential victory? What does your path look like getting back to the top of the division? I'm not sure about my next fight in between, but I think I'm keeping my eyes on Macy. I want to fight her again. I want to have that rematch at some point. I don't know if they'll even let that happen until we get to where we're having strict title contention. Um, but I'd really like to fight Macy again, kind of right that wrong, so to speak. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are up there in the division, though. I've trained with Lauren Murphy, but I would also fight Lauren Murphy if that ever came down to it. Um, there's just many people within the division who I'd fight. So I think after this fight, my coaches and my manager and I'll sit down, not only figure out that plan, but just look at who to kind of call out to even during fight week. We usually are like, okay, here's what it looks like. Here's not who's not matched up. Here's who is matched up. And right now I feel like a lot of people are matched up or either on a long hiatus. So we'll figure it out. Um, but I obviously want someone ranked 10 to 15, um, if not higher than that, to get started next. I've had a, you know, a bad performance against Jasmine hurt my eye in that one. And it kind of messed me up for the rest of the fight. Did a, did a bad job at playing survival mode, you know, and kind of set me back a little bit from what my plans were. And I'm hoping to just bounce off from this win I'm about to get and just go forward up that ladder. Sounds great. Listen, Miranda, thank you for your time. Thank you for the answer. And like I said, it was really nice to get talking to you. Dave, thank you again for having me on. I really appreciate it. I will leave you both to it. And yeah, that's me. Thank you both very much. Thank awesome. you. Nice to meet you. Appreciate you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you next week. Um, so kind of going with that, Miranda, even a little bit more of, I, I always felt frustrated as a someone who covers MMA and almost, and just be honest, as someone as a fan, when they match you up, especially with your age, and you have such an ascension, such a progression into the next four, five, eight years of your professional career. And it's like, man, they're matching you and Macy now, man, they're matching you and Aaron Blanchfield now, even Jazz, mm -hmm. who like, uh, looks like she has a bright future in the sport. Seems like there's, you know, uh, an old guard. I don't want to say old guard, but there's a veteran guard up there. And then there is a new class of female flyweights coming through. And it's like, it would make more sense to kind of, you know, almost have two clubs and put you guys together. And then the, the, the cream will rise to the crop, but it seems like they're almost kind of, pinning some of the youth against each other has and you know i would assume i shake your i saw you shaking your head like you've noticed that does that frustrate you or is that just hey that's a part of it that's just what what they wanted they just wanted maybe one girl to kind of come out of it where did you think about them matchmaking seems like a lot of the youth against each other over the last 20 months yeah i actually remember complaining about it when they had me okay. fight uh macy at the beginning you know i'd already fought jillian um yeah and then yeah. I thought, Macy, I was like, why are all of us who are like 25 and under the ones fighting each other? You know, right. it was kind of ridiculous at the time when they're at the time, it was a very stagnant division. Um, you know, it didn't have that many people up there looking to be champion other than Valentina. She was a clear winner. And there were the older people in the division, like Lauren Murphy, like Caitlin Chukagian, like a lot of those ladies who were up there a little bit older. And I was like, why don't we fight them? Like, why aren't you right. pairing us together instead of right. all the newer girls? You know, all these girls. I mean, I was 22 at the time. And then there was 21 year old Aaron Blanchfield and 22 year old Macy Barber. And they're like, let's just pair you guys all up together and let one have a winning record, you know? And so right. I thought that was a little bit frustrating from a 
almost an entertainment industry perspective. Like, why aren't you doing good for the business? Like keeping us all with good records, letting us fight this old guard, as you said, and giving us a chance where you put the young against the young and one of us is going to have a loss on our record. You know, it just uh, hurts the business as a whole in the long run, I think. Um, But, you know, it's working out now. The whole division slowly moving up like... um, I can't remember his name, but like he said, the uh, divisions, okay. The division is really moving up in talent and having contenders. So it's worked out in the long run. I just think at the beginning, it could have been done differently. Me too. And it's just, it's one of those things of, um, you know, not saying young versus old, but it's like, I would say, you know, I, maybe you agree or disagree with the statement. The Miranda Maverick that's going to fight at UFC 298 would beat Miranda Maverick, who fought Macy Barber the first time. Like, you're only progressing in your MMA career. So it's like, why have you versus Macy, where you're probably not the best Miranda Maverick that you are, right? Like, it's almost like Mm -hmm. it's almost not giving the audience or the MMA community the best Miranda versus Macy that they could be. Because I would assume you guys, your past will cross again two years, three years, five years from now, whatever the, you know, at the time may come, but just seems like they kind of rush some really cool key matchups. You versus Blanchfield, like that could be, you know, a budding rivalry for multiple years to come, almost like a Shevchenko Grasso, but <laughs> yeah. they felt like they rushed it. They felt like they just rushed it early, but it is what it is. Um, we'll let you go. We got a couple more minutes for you. One thing we've been kind of this whole show been going back and forth with, I don't know if you saw it. So Dana White was teasing, uh, like he has a super fight that he's working on. So my question, I don't know if you saw it or did two questions. One is what do you think the fight that Dana White's kind of rumoring or thinking the super fight is? And then if you were the promoter, if you were the Dana White type, what type of super fight would you love to make in 2024? Hmm. You know, I would say it was one of the heavyweights, like some kind of John Joe's versus Nganu or something. But okay. I know there's been so much back and forth with Nganu. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. And if I was the person doing it, I think that's the one I'd do. That's why I guess my thought goes to that would be smart to make. You know, another smart one to make that people are wanting to see, but Bellator and PFL already have them, so it doesn't really matter, is uh, the Cyborg versus Harrison. I think everybody wants to see that. But I don't think Dana has the uh, claws in deep enough to get to that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Like, and uh, what do you think about all these rumors? And, and what, especially when he mentioned super fight, and of course, a name that's been attached to this super fight has been yeah, Ronda Rousey. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I'd say Ronda Rousey is one of them. Jake Paul is one of them that people bring into the question. So yeah. I don't know. I don't think Ronda Rousey is going to come back and do that. I really don't. I mean, she's okay. refused it for so long, so much, and she's making so much money now. There's really not much benefit in it for her to do it. Right, right. Awesome. Well, Miranda, it's always great talking to you. UFC 298 versus Andrea Lee, February. Two last things, uh, you know, we'd love to push and promote, of course, that Millions brought this together. If you want to uh, shout out Millions again and tell people where, you know, what's on it. And then also, let's shout out these pickles. Let's sell some more pickles. Like, I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm. we're going to put these on the stories. You're going to be like, wait, Fight Bananas is sharing Miranda Mavericks pickles again? What are they doing? Come on, guys, relax. <laughs> we're all about the pickles on uh, Fight Bananas. So, uh, That's awesome. Just- Message me. Get some. But uh, as far as Millions, they've got exclusive gear that you guys can get there. You can also get autographed gloves and more at Millions. That's my merchandise. Go on there. You can also see streams. So about once a month, I do a watch party with the UFC where I just commentate for the fights during the main card. So go check it out. I just got done doing it this past weekend. So the next one will probably be sometime at the beginning of January. So keep an eye on Millions. You can go see it in the link in my bio. 
Um, and I post them a lot on Instagram too. So just go check them out. And as far as my pickle business, I haven't figured out a name and I'm working on the logo right now, um, but trying to get it to be official business. But if you guys want any homemade pickles that are either fermented or pickled cucumbers, you guys can message me. I've got quarts, pints of all different flavors and I'm working on new recipes as well. There we go, dude. A good comment there by Dawson. Millions and yourself. We need like the pickle merchandise. To put there we go. Through. It's like a match made in heaven right there. Uh, Miranda, it's been great. We've talked to, you know, over the years and uh, always love watching your career grow and progress. Uh, nothing but the best and cannot wait to watch it. UFC 298 versus Andrea Lee. Thank you so much. Awesome. Have a good day. You too. Later. All right. There was Miranda Maverick. Always love talking to her. Always great to talk to her. Um, all right, guys, we did it over two hours. Once again, it's 3.03 here on the East Time. Let's just thank everyone for coming. Uh, Maddie Levine hosting, L. Dawson hosting, also our guy Keelan coming on. What a great writer. FightBananasOfficial.com. Go get, um, you know, all the articles there. Keelan writes for uh, us there. And then all the fighters that join, Ross Levine, Karate Combat Middleweight Champion of the World. Uh, thank you, Ross. Johnny Eblen. Bellator middleweight champion, maybe about to be PFL middleweight light heavyweight championship. He had a lot of stuff he was talking about. So shout out to our guy, Johnny Evelyn. Of course, Joey the Savage Robertson almost every Tuesday coming on this show. We absolutely love and adore this Savage Joey Robertson fighting on UFC 297 in Canada. And then just Miranda Maverick uh, coming on the show, UFC 298 fighting the Andrea Lee. So that's it. I think we did it. Uh, thank you guys so much. We are done. And, uh, Hopefully, we'll be back on YouTube shortly. We are still been hacked and still no YouTube. Hopefully, we'll get that back soon. Guys, next Tuesday, we're back 1 to 3 p.m. on the East Coast. Then after that, we are taking a couple-week hiatus. We're going to take the rest of the year off on this show. There will be, of course, content. Uh, you know, myself, Maddie, and I will be kind of always doing content. But for this two-hour Tuesday show, we're going to go, uh, you know, two weeks off for the rest of the year and the holidays and Christmas and all that. So, Thank everyone for uh, coming in. Been a good one. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Let's go.